1: Locked for radio. This is
2: the truth of it. Fighting leads to killing. And killing gets to warring. And that was damn near the death of us all. Look at us now. Busted up and everyone talking about hard rain. But we've learned by the dust of them all, Barter Towns learned. Now when men get to fighting, it happens here. And it finishes here.
0: Two men enter, one man leaves. There can be only one. Peace.
3: This is Mr. Holipsism. Welcome to Holipsism's Haven. Um, We're going to have a good show today. We have a debate between Assam Hotep and Kamal Mukasey Tahuti. And the subject of the debate is, are we Americans with Africanisms or Africans with Americanisms? Um, let me bring in my co-host, Ambassador Saw.
0: Yes, sir. Peace to the fam out there. What's going on, on that
3: Peace. So this Please, is our uh, first debate.
0: Yeah. Is, um did you are you on the um did you sign um, in on the on the chat? I'm trying mm-hmm. to get on okay, let me find. Out what refresh, refresh. Yes sir, this is our first debate and hopefully we'll we'll set the example of how it should be.
3: Yeah. We got to um I'm going to um utilize you for the time keeping.
0: I got the timer here. Yeah. Um Starting at 15 minutes, whenever you're ready, just let me let me know, and I'll hit start.
3: Right, and then um, two-minute warning. If they happen to, you know, go to full 15, you give them the two-minute warning. And um, let me see if our participants are in the queue.
0: Yeah, actually, my, the alarm will, will go, or after 15, you'll, you'll hear a little sounds. I'll let you know if that's the...
3: All right. Let's see. Last four digits: one five zero seven.
2: Hotel, let's come out. Hotel.
0: Hotel, brother, come out. How you doing, brother?
2: Good, good. Had all my motivational stuff all today, so I'm ready. Oh,
1: that's beautiful. Listen to
2: the study. Listen to the study debate, got the incense rolling, did my libations, I'm ready.
0: Wow. This should Ooh. be
3: interesting. And we got last four digits eight one
4: zero three. Peace, can you 8-1-0-3? hear me? Eight one zero. Oh, okay. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I Saw, it. what's going on, fam? Nothing much, nothing much. I'm good. Appreciate everything. I'm really tight, so. man.
3: So we're gonna get right into it because we got limited time. Um, right. And since um, come out throughout the challenge. I'm
0: gonna, um, I'm, he's gonna up hit, to all right, I'm gonna hit the bat. All right, I'm gonna hit the 15 minutes. You guys are gonna hear the uh, a little alarm gonna go off after the 15 minute mark. So you can take your time. Um, I'll start I'll start now.
1: All right, but
2: peace, fam. My name is Kamal Mukasey-Dehudi, and I want to welcome everyone who's tuning in to this important discussion. Um, Let's start off with a quote right off the bat from Dr. Ani. We, as black people, have been told we are not Africans for so long, and with such social scientific, quote-unquote, expertise, that we have great difficulty believing otherwise. We are Africans in America. Now, let me set out a few quick definitions. When I say we, I'm talking about stolen Africans in America. When I talk about Africans, I'm talking about those. There's three groups of Africans, those who never left, those who, who, invo- who voluntarily left and, and first populated all the land masses of the world, and the third group involuntarily left, and that's us. I'm going to specific, specify us here in America. When I speak of America, I'm speaking of white folks, caucasoids. They conquered America. It's their reality that's running the place. So that's what I mean when I speak on America. Now, I'm sure that Asar and some of his listeners feel that he's arguing from a point of common sense. Y'all are probably saying, while I may have some African shit in me, of course, we Americans. What's this dude come out talking about? Everyone knows we Americans. One lesson we should have learned a long time ago is that if anything seems like common sense in this place, we better look at it three, four, five, six times. The next problem with this supposed common sense approach is that it's wrong. And the last problem with the approach that we are Americans is that just saying it on multiple levels benefits Caucasoids in their society. Now, my opening statements have a dual purpose attempting to anticipate what Assar is going to say and squashing that, as well as laying out my side. So in the first part, it was supposed to be the mythological pitfalls of Assar-Imhotep and the ideological pitfalls of Assar-Imhotep. But I want to start with laying out my part as far as how we're still Africans, and hopefully if I have time, I can come back into the pitfalls. Dr. Shankar Tijel, who Mr. Imhotep is very familiar with, states that when dealing with questions of identity, we must go back to our most remote origins. Dr. Marembani again says, the argument of the European is all too easy for us to accept. We look around us, and while in the Caribbean and South America, African retentions are quite visible. But African existence in North America is problematic. How are we African, we ask? We do not know where to look for continuity. Not knowing ourselves, we have not known how to recognize manifestations of our heritage. We must learn to look primarily on a much deeper level than which has been emphasized by the Europeans, just as African culture itself can only be understood on its deepest level. If we look deep enough, we'll find that our deepest beliefs are shared beliefs, and deep within us, we are one people. As a sign in book chooses to quote Dr. Clark on his identity, land, history, and culture, I want to use the quote from the master teacher that deals with this. Quote, Dr. Clark, the African living in the Western Hemisphere should be sensitive to the fact that the slave ships coming from Africa to so-called New World brought over no West Indians, no black Americans, no African Americans, no South Americans. They brought African people who had to adjust to the conditions where the slave ships put them down. We are Africans with Americanisms. Father I.J. and Mama Koto um, wrote a masterpiece in 2005 titled Definition and Direction in African Identity in their Sankofa Journal. Due to time, I'll just keep it quick. The five areas they talk about is spirit, biogenetic history, culture, history, and psychic function, and language falls in the psychic function. Uh, let's let's jump to spirit. Inyame, Odumakuman, Odumare, Kla, Enga, Kvof, and all other African names for the creative aspects of the universe, or what Caucasus always called God, created us as Africans, and they are our first ancestors. The African deities tell us what is given by the creator cannot be taken by any man. When you look at how Africans conceptualize the human being, all have some aspect that directly links back to the Creator. In focusing on West Africa, the Asante call it the Okra. The Gil and call it Yi or God's consciousness. Same for the Yoruba, same for the Igbo. The most recent 500 years of our existence cannot and has not wiped that out of our con- out of our identity construct, our consciousness of that, has been shrouded and tainted and that can easily be getting back once we consciously and deliberately reconnect to her wisdom.
0: He That's the problem with having all this laid out, you lose some stuff. Take your time. You got nine minutes left.
2: Yeah, but I got a lot though. Among the vast majority of Africans, the conceptualization of self-identity has been distorted, and their personality construct has been profoundly and adversely affected. This is the consequence of our continued interaction with and proximity to the superordinate system of white supremacy in the West. The spiritual core is, however, unaffected. And focusing back on the spirituality piece, I found it again. While we are deliberately misled to look at culture only on the surface level, because it's at that level where the manifestations can change easiest. The other two levels, which hopefully I'll get into, is the area we really need to look at, cosmology, epistemology, axiology. So since we're talking on spirit, we stolen Africans do not relate to the creative forces the way Caucasoids do. Even with the false religion of Christianity, we brought Africa into it with our emphasis on music during the services. We brought spirit into it by shouting and moving, which are direct carryovers from our traditional spiritual experiences, just reduced and confined within Christianity. We brought the call and response system into Christianity and other systems and we tend not to separate the spirit from the physical, the separation of church and state that's foreign to us. Now, if we look at biogenetics, I'm waiting for someone to give me a, refu- a refutation on Dr. Diop and his findings in molecular biology. Quote, molecular biology has is isolated racial markers, which are factors almost exclusively localized in each racial group. The Diego factor among the yellows or Asians, the kale factor among caucasoids, and the Sutter and GM6 factors among the blacks. That's from Civilization and Barbarism. In African Origins um, of Civilization, Myth or Reality, he talks about 11 ways that he came up with to create, to, to explain the racial and cultural makeup of the ancient Comedic Nasut or pharaohs. He came up with a melanin dosage test. And if we use that test today, we can ascertain the biological Africanness of brothers on the 125th Street in Harlem down to the sisters up in the rural areas of Aquapim, Ghana. Lastly, it, well, not even lastly, um, the simplest, most overlooked aspect of our continued Africanness is the majority of stolen Africans worldwide, and especially here in New Europe, still possess the high ultra-melanin content. With all the rapes, sleep and foul, all of that, the overwhelming majority of us could be dropped off anywhere on the continent, and if we don't open our mouths, we'll be immediately perceived as Africans. Now, instead of building on top of that phenotypic victory, my verbal combatant will shoot that in the foot and claim, the disruptor of African identity as his primary identity, like one suffering from Stockholm syndrome, identifying with the abuser. I could go on with that. I got a quote from Amos Wilson, but I want to move into linguistics. So spiritually I've tried to prove that we're still African. Biogenetically I've tried to prove we're still African. Linguistically, um Linguist Ernie Smith in his lecture, The Ebonics Debate, linguist Geneva Smitherman in Talking and Testifying and in Black Talk have shown conclusively that while we may speak English words, we have brought over our West African language systems. To quote her on our language, it involved the substitution of West African words for English words, but within the same structure and idiom that characterizes West African language patterns syntactical structure and idiomatic rules. These two areas of language remain relatively rigid and fixed over time. We can go into that even more and just on how we talk. Our tense is sometimes defined by context, whether versus proper conjugation of the verb. Um, One example is the way we use be, he be late all the time. In English, we would say, we're supposed to say he has been late all the time. But within our West African language systems, we are still speaking correct. Um, even Asante chimes in on it. The verb systems of Twi, Igbo, all Niger Congo, and a whole lot of other West African languages exhibit a similar lack of inflection to show time, past, present, and future times. Sometimes are indicated by context rather than verbal inflection. We've got the consonant clusters. Within English, where you have two consonants ending or beginning at a word, we're told that that's bad English. We'll say and test, best, or west. Black folks usually say west, best, and test. We, we we drop off that that last consonant. The reason because of that, our West African language systems usually follow consonant-vowel-consonant-vowel. So we're not speaking incorrect English. We're speaking proper. West African language systems, and I got more examples. But to zoom to that, we are still speaking our West African language systems with English words. So I have attempted to do the linguistic piece. I know I'm about to run out of time. I still got plenty of examples on the cultural piece. I've got some examples from the psychology angle. Um, how much time I got, sir? <laughs> a minute and a half.
0: You got four minutes.
2: All right. Culture. Culturally. Culture is simply defined as a process which gives people a general desire for living and patterns for interpreting their reality. Um, I spoke on cosmology within the deep structure of culture. Again, you have the, again, coming from Wade Nobles, you have the surface manifestations of culture, which can easily be tainted by cultural invasion. You have the middle area, what I call the ideational or ideological aspects of culture, and then you have the deepest levels, which is called the assumptions level. When you really start looking at these Africanisms, and I'm going to get into that hopefully later, you find that they're not just all on the surface level. They are some deep-level stuff that we are redoing today. We just don't call it African because crackers won't let us call it African, and we don't know to call it African. Um, you've got, for, for epistemology, multidimensional perception orientation. That's coming from Dr. Kobe Campbell. That's just a whole bunch of big words to say. we. While we use our five senses, we also use intuition. We also use... Um, Pre-cognition, we also deal with feeling vibes about a situation. That didn't just happen when we came over here to this damn continent. That came with us from Africa. And, oh, God, so much. <laughs> I'm only dealing with a tenth of the information that's out there. Um, we still have, we still remember and acknowledge our ancestors and dead loved ones in a myriad of culturally connected ways. We don't speak ill of them due to their ancestral status. Hell, today we even create T-shirts with their faces on it. We pour liquor out for them in libation-style form. And anyone who's been to an authentic African ritual on the continent sees a libation at the beginning of every service or every gathering to call upon the benefits of the spirit and to acknowledge those that's passed. We still do that. They didn't just come over here. They didn't just pop into our head. We was down in the south like Thomas Sowell says. That is a African retention that we still Deal with, and that's on the deep level, the axiological level. Um, large, the larger African, po- the larger African population in America unconsciously displays their Africanness every day, in some very surface, but more importantly, deeper, profound ways. Then there are an ever-growing number of stolen Africans in America who are consciously and deliberately displaying their Africanness with African-centered, independent schools. Quote unquote, altars in their houses dedicated to deities or their ancestors. The Africanisms that Caucasoids, quote unquote, discovered that we display is nothing more than our natural innate selves showing itself within a foreign reality. The foreign reality, of course, will create confusion around identity and get those of us who are confused to help in that confusion for their benefit. The so-called Africanisms are continuations of at least 200,000 years of African socialization. So, again, on the cultural level, I've tried to show that we are still Africans. There's more information. I know I'm going to run out of time. We, as black people, have been told that we are not Africans for so long, and with such social scientific, quote-unquote, expertise, we have great difficulty believing otherwise. Go ahead, because I don't want you to cut me off, so i just
0: stop there. Oh, okay, <laughs> yes, and you're right on I'm time. I got
2: more,
0: but. About, it's about 14 seconds left, so you're right on time.
3: Okay, so that's the opening salvo. I'm going to put you on hold, and then I'm going to bring in a Asar. Hold on one second.
0: Yep, that was it. Asar. Perfect timing.
3: Asar, are you there?
4: Yes,
0: I
3: am. All So anytime you're ready, let the ambassador know, and you can hit the timer. All
4: righty. Um, first, I want to, in the chat room, I'm throwing a link in the chat room to um, my notes uh, so people can follow along with me and have it after um, this particular discussion. So, and, and just for people in the archives, just in case they don't, um, they're not listening live, just visit www.assartandhotep.com, and the link is on the home page um, so we can follow the discussion. So, um, again, it is in the, it is, I just put it in the chat room so people can visit. Uh, hopefully it comes up for them. And um, I'm ready when you're ready. All right, All right
5: Assart, you, you, if you want.
4: Okay. Um, the position I'm taking this evening is we are Americans with Africanism. Uh, We're going to reevaluate what it means to be African uh, in in the fullest sense of uh, this identification issue. Um, Objectives for this evening is to discuss and provide evidence for the notion that African Americans, who I call the Bacala, are Americans with Africanisms. to expand our current conceptualizations of human identity on a micro and macro level, to address to address the current limitations in our general conceptualizations of culture and identity, to open up a new dialogue on what it means to be African American, Bacala, and to formulate strategies to use our identity, that which is being developed, as an instrument of power, which is going to be very important to this discussion, to reconceptualize, categorize, and organize the world we live in, to provide workable definitions of culture, to have a conceptual framework, in which to forge meaningful relationships with each other in the developing pan-African community. On to the next slide. The critical research questions up for debate tonight are, of course, are we Africans with Americanisms or are we Americans with Africanisms? What constitutes the isms? What is African and what is American? Are these definitions based on biology or culture or both? If biology, by what scientific criterion can we conclusively define race? What are the limitations of such an analysis? If by culture, how do we define culture? How do we measure and evaluate its presence? What is the goal, mission of culture, and can these goals be used to forge an identity of a people? My formal stance, of course, is that we are Americans with Africanisms, just in case. People did not know. Next slide. The reason for my current stance is based on this. Based on the rules and the roles of culture and the amount of publications calling for a united African State, African culture, as culture is defined, does not exist. I believe identity is based on culture, not biology. So my stance is cultural, not biological. Many persons base the notions of an African identity solely on biology, which the scientific field of genetics prevents one from logically utilizing this as an explanatory model. According to paleoanthropology and genetics, all people are Africans and mainly carry African genes. It's just a matter of how far you want to go back, which presents many problems for those who use biology to define what is African. If one tries to argue based on skin color, what's the color index ratio from which to judge? Africanness. As an example, I have a brother who has the same skin color as Southeast Asians with a similar nasal index. Is he no longer African because he matches the colors of the Southeast Asians? Or is Southeast Asians Africans because they have colors of some Africans, especially in the north and northeast? What phenotypic characteristics define an African when Africans have every single phenotype on the planet Earth, from thin to thick noses, from thin to wide lips, etc. Continue on the next slide. If we are Africans, and in, in, in the fullest sense in which we uh, have this term, uh, we understand this term, then these books would have never, ever, ever been written. The first one is Black Africa, an Economic and Cultural Basis for a Federated State by Dr. Shekhan Tijok. If anybody has ever read this book, they know for a fact that the argument that he is making and what he's always been doing since the beginning of his career, his academic and um, political career and linguistic or whatnot, is trying to find a unifying, sub- what we call the substratum, cultural elements of Africa, to use as a basis to unite Africa culturally because Africa does not have a unified culture. It has a substratum. And we'll see uh, later on in the discussion why Africa does not have a whole unified culture and what defines a culture. And um, he was using this as a basis to create federated states because they do not have one, because they do not see themselves as, as one people and one language and things of this nature. And we'll understand what language um, is, how language is important to this discussion as well. Uh, Africanisms in American Culture by Joseph Holloway, uh which breaks down the whole book is just about Africanisms that are present in the American and um African American cultural uh expressions and, and, and thought and whatnot. Uh souls of black folks with a whole double consciousness, uh battling this European mindset that we have and recognizing this uh African mindset that we bring over here how we have this double consciousness and awareness. Afrocentricity by Malefe Asante If we were Africans, we wouldn't have to be re-Africanized. Thus, why would Malefe Asante write a book on Afrocentricity and trying to inform us on how to be African? The same thing with Breaking the Chains of Psychological Slavery by Dr. Naeem Akbar, another book, and there's countless of the books that we can cite, where everybody is trying to convince us on the benefits of adopting an African psychological or or framework in which to see the world. Next slide. Africanism, excuse me, we are Americans in the literature. This is from Blueprint for Black Power by Dr. Amos Wilson, page 63. We must no longer, through the abuse of reality, denial, and distortion, fail to recognize that our basic identities, as an oppressed people are largely socially manufactured by white-dominated American culture and its related social practices in which we as a people are immersed. African-American cultural identity and behavioral orientations, as currently defined are functionally defined to perpetuate self-negating, self-defeating, and under circumstances self-destructive behavior in black Americans. The salvation, empowerment, and liberation of African peoples require an appropriate, thorough, pragmatic cultural analysis of the deculturalization or the, de- yeah, the deculturalization and the reculturation of ourselves by dominant European peoples of reactionary black culture and their social products as represented by reactionary black identity. Now you have to wonder. Why would we have to deculturalize that we are culturally African? Obviously, it has to do something with the psychology, the understanding of meaning in things of this nature, which we'll get into um, a little later. So as uh, Brother Kamal has mentioned, uh, some of these Africanisms, I'll name just a few to add on to what he was talking about. Like, some people think that eating chitterlings is something that the white man gave us that we... Uh, it was some scraps that we got from the white man and the pig or whatnot, but that's not true. Chitterlings are an African invention. And Robert Ferris Thompson, when he did his studies in Africa, found people in Central Africa eating chitterlings. This is a, something that we brought over here to America as a cuisine, quote, unquote. The concept of the front porch. The front porch is an African design. Of course, we're the ones who built this nation and incorporated these in the houses was, excuse me, in which we designed. Our serial verbalization, in which he mentioned earlier, we're talking about serial verbalization, which is a, the concept of taking uh, or put, adding two or more verbs in the same clause in a sentence. Uh, the example I give is, I took consideration and joined the Lord, um, which was reinterpreted in English, quote-unquote, it would be, I accepted religion, I became Christian. The African concept of time, well, we know that African Americans, we have a very lax Sense of time, which we call CPT time. is because African people judge things by general events, not by calculated specific time. The example I give is when we talk about a song, for instance, Oh, that song came out freshman year, not like August of 1998. We don't give specific times. We give general um, event-based uh, time, so to speak. The whole call and response, the oral tradition, the ritual possession and dances in the church, even the southern accent that is present, uh, that is distinguishly present, is an African thing. And um, I've cited a link that people can click on later, um, which the author claims that the accent is basically due to Mandé speakers uh, from the south. So, now what is culture? The meat of the argument. Excuse me. The the meat of this argument. Next slide. Culture defined by Dr. Wade Noble. Technically, and I have the um, citation at the bottom, so technically, culture is a vast structure of behavior, ideas, attitudes, values, habits, beliefs, customs, language, rituals, ceremonies, practices peculiar to a particular group of people which provides them with a general design for living and patterns for interpreting reality. Next slide. Dr. Amos Wilson quoting Horton and Hunt provide a workable answer to this question of what is culture. From their life experiences, a group develops a set of rules and procedures for meeting their needs. The set of rules and procedures together with a supporting set of ideas and values is called a culture. Cushing, me, Kukong has defined culture as all the historically created designs for living. Explicit and implicit, rational and irrational, and non-rational, which may exist at any given time as potential guides for human, for the behavior of man. So all of these definitions are dealing with a psychology. It is a consciousness that defines culture, which also has a set of meaning and purposes, which we'll get into the next slide. Dr. Amos Wilson, again, on the blueprint for Black Power, page 59, goes into this a little bit more deeply. He says, thus, culture, though a product of the actual lived experience of a people, the primal source of much of their daily personal and social activities, their forms of labor and its products, their celebratory and ceremonial traditions, modes of dress, art, and music, language and articulatory style, appetites, and desires is essentially ideological in nature. Based as it is on shared beliefs, customs, expectations, values—excuse me—and values, culture—excuse me, culture excuse me cultural constructs, definitions, meanings, and purposes. These cultural constructs are used to proactively and reactively mold the mind, body, spirit, and behavior of the constituent members of a culture. These active constructs become the cultural and social heritage. Of the members of the particular culture Again, when we get into this thing We're talking about constructs We're talking about definitions We're talking about meanings And ultimately we're talking about purposes Culture is done on purpose People organize and they sit there And define what the culture is This has never happened in African American history We don't know, we haven't sat down And defined what it is That our culture means To us What its purposes is defining the certain things. That's why I like what uh, Brother Kamal was talking about. Um, We have these culturisms, but we don't know what they mean, what they're used for. This is why I I add that we should get this book, Africanisms in American Culture, so you can find out what these cultural things mean. Part of having a culture is having an institute in which to transfer this knowledge of the meanings and the nuances. We don't have that because there's no such thing as an African-American nationwide educational system, like the Jews have, or the, uh, excuse me, of the um, Asians have in each um, of their respective uh, cities and things of this nation. On to the next slide, culture as an investment. This is taken from, um, and this is actually from Dr. Gordon. Um, I forgot to put his name on the slide, but the book is called Introduction into Africana Philosophy, page 71. It says, the anti-black racist argument is that the absence of black contribution to civilization suggest that humankind could do well without black people cooper's response was that worth and we'll deal with this worth in in terms of self-esteem if we have a chance was a function of what an individual produced in relation to that which was invested in him or her and invested means education you know the whole concept of planting so when we're talking about culture next slide i provide this language reference just um and, and I could provide many more African language references. But when we talk about culture, culture is an agricultural term. So in the Seluba language, they have this word called kanga, which is a farm, which, you, which you'll find, and I don't have time to go into the linguistic. Yeah, you, got you got one
0: minute. you got one minute or so.
4: Okay. Um, the whole concept of kanga is a farm. The word, the word in kuna means to plant or to invest. The word kanda is land, community, and ethnicity. The same words for culture is the same words used for investment. So what they're talking about is that which the community invests in the people to produce a certain type of person. And as time goes on, uh, we'll get into uh, the deeper meanings of these things and these nuances uh, and the whole purposes of everything, uh, which, which define uh, a culture and the process of language and the an education system. But I am there ready
3: So those are the opening statements. Um, the structure of the debate after this is going to be the rebuttals. Um, we're going to have, after the rebuttals, three direct questions from each participant to the other, and then we're going to have the conclusions. So right now, since we are pressed for time, um, we're going to go into the debut- rebuttals, and I'm um, going to put. How
0: much time is that?
3: On hold. Um, same thing. Fifteen.
0: 15. Okay.
3: Yeah. I apologize for um, you guys.
0: I'm going to let you know that at the two-minute mark that you have two yeah. minutes left.
3: You might want to, you know, like hit your button on your phone after two minutes because that way, you know, you don't have to break in. They can hear the tone and then they'll know. Okay. So, Brother Kamal, are you on? Yep. All right. So we get, whenever you wait ready to start your rebuttal, you can uh, give Ambassador the cue. Uh. Yep. All right. All right,
2: I'm ready. All
1: right, come
2: on. So while, while we heard some pretty decent information, this moves right into the other area of my openness statements, the methodological pitfalls of a Sarum Hotel and the ideological pitfalls of a Sarum Hotel. Um It seems like, I don't know how else to say it, he sort of half-reads or sort of reads, and in a minute I'll show how he misreads, some of the authors he uses in his text or recommends on his blog talk shows. Authors who, if, he, if if they're fully read, would show their own contradiction with Assar's point of us being Americans. Now, again, people who he do not mention,
1: <laughs> ironically
2: enough, are people who take the position we're Africans. Um, one of those people is Dr. Kobe Cambon, who precisely contradicts Assar's position. Quote, the African world has bought into the white supremacy domination logic that brutality and terror can actually transform the natural racial cultural condition of humanity from one race, culture, identity to another. And he finishes up by saying, it seems to me that that can only hold logic under the belief under the veracity of the assumption of European superiority over the African race. Basically, they can transform our consciousness, but they cannot transform our identity. And when we buy into that, we buy into white folks are God, and they're just all powerful, and, they're, and we just got to succumb to them. Um, the African deities tell us the only way a culture dies is when the people die. Now, you've mentioned, Asad has mentioned um, and recommended Dr. Fukiao's works before,
6: in his brilliant work,
2: Self-Healing, Power, and Therapy, Fukiao speaks of a genetic rope, one that binds the community of the living with the community of the so-called dead. The Congo people call it Nsinga di Kanda Waninga. I just like the way that's slow. Nsinga de Kanda Waninga. They say the community rope rings never break. The community biogenetic rope or linkage is eternal. No one breaks it or gets away from it. He continues, there is truth that cannot be denied in this African old teaching. All biogenetic community members are linked one to another. This biogenetic end quote. This biogenetic unseen rope ties all Africans, essentially to their lineage mates, past, present, and future. But to see the deep merit in this statement, one must identify with Africa, have positive disposition towards Africa in her age-old wisdom on her terms, and then it can be used to transform one's life. It's much harder to grasp, even if it can be, starting consciously from the perspective of identifying with Americans. So basically, Asar is saying, Nsinga di Kanda Waninga" no longer exists, but an author he says he's familiar with contradicts his position. Now, I mentioned half-read, but now this is a, a total misread on Brother Asar's part. On page five of his book, Makala, I mean, he's laid out where he feels we're American with Africans. He says, to be fully acculturated in someone's traditions, you have to be born within society. There's no way you can transplant culture fully from one geosocial unit to another. That's coming from a SARS book.
1: Maybe he hasn't heard the
2: saying, while you may not be born in Africa, Africa is born in you. He then proceeds to misread Dr. Noble's work to further his point that we're not Africans. Page 43 through 50 in Bacala is where he displays Noble's nine cultural precepts and eight cultural themes that manifest in African people wherever we are on the globe. While Afar uses these points to try to say that we're not African, Dr. Noble's directly contradicts it. Let me share two of those points with you. Page 325 in Seeking the Saku. Baba Noble says, and I quote, our ancestral and spiritual connections were not severed or destroyed by the circumstances of enslavement, just as the ancestral rights and spiritual connections of our brothers and sisters in Africa were not destroyed or severed by colonialism. We are all African people. Those of us living in the United States remain an African people. Again, the quote
6: from the real
2: Dr. Wade Nobles, um, we recognize that there exists a fundamental core of dissimilarity between Africans and Europeans. We blacks are African people by virtue of our genetic and cultural ancestral heritage. African-Americans are African people who have been separated from their natural environment and have been incarcerated in European-American conceptions of reality. Dr. Noble, even in his similar work, Voodoo IQ, that he did with Dr. Akbar and Cedric X, helped get a lot of other black psychologists to begin to look at Africa for healing modalities for stolen African people in America. The hell they wouldn't have did that if they thought we were Americans. All of, the, all of his other works, if you fully read them, <laughs> continue down that premise that today we are African people. He was not creating those precepts and themes to show how we were some unique American group. He created them to show that we are still African at deep and profound levels, even in this Mahaffey experience. These scholars were not the no, way. The mass of Dr. Noble's work seems to contradict the SARS position. These scholars were nationalists. They wrote for African people's well-being, and none of them stated that stolen Africans are actually Americans with Africanisms. As one reads, the totality of fouquial 's work, of, of Amos Wilson's work, who, if you keep going on page 64, he says, certainly the answers lie in the direction of the reclamation of our African identity and the reconstitution of our African-centered consciousness. Not the creation, not pulling out of thin air, Reclimate, reclaiming it, and reconstituting it, i.e., it never left, but Falsification of African Consciousness, the title of another one of his books, our consciousness has been changed, not our identity. And that's the point I want to make going into the ideological pitfalls of Assaram Hotel. We agree a transformation has taken place. We diverge in that he sees a total core transformation of identity. I see it as a transformation of consciousness. Now, as otherwise a brilliant my debater is in some of his other stuff, he's fallen prey to this quote I'm about to say now. African studies focused on the geographical identity of Africa rather than the movement and development of its people, thus suggesting Africans who were forcibly brought to the United States and elsewhere stopped being African. This claim is a cultural and political stance which rejects the reality of African cultural historical continuity. This has basically been done by every Caucasoid and every Caucasoid thinking author researcher since the inception of the discipline. That's why um myths uh myths from Negro passed by Herskovitz. The other book he loves to talk about Africanisms in American culture, which I do have, and all of it, they never even bring up the question, are we still Africans? They start from the default position that when the ships landed, we magically became Tabula Rasa, a totally blank cultural state, and were transformed into Americans, and it's surprising to some of these researchers that Africanisms even exist. They've done that for a purpose, and... I don't know how, I don't know why, but the unfortunately, has fallen prey for that. And, again, we, we, we want to look at the depth level of where these actionisms are coming from. He mentioned the porch and some food. That's surface level again. I said you had Wade, the real Wade Nobles talks about surface level, ideational level, and the assumptions level. The assumptions level is the deepest one. Axiology, cosmology, epistemology. And it seems like both of our research is showing that we still, on that deep fundamental level, got African carryovers. It's just now up to the listening audience to see is that just some shit we came up with when we got to the shores, Shore, or have they come with us from the continent? We're not, we agree that we're not using them to our conscious benefit. But Marimba and me and others are trying to reawaken that in us. We're not supposed to just throw it away, throw it off. It's no big thing. We're supposed to use it for our conscious benefit, and we won't get there identifying with America. How much time have I got?
0: you got you got five minutes oh good, good
1: yeah, set that already.
2: Now, again, we got to look at these Africanisms and, and white folks are dealing with them, and black folks with white minds are dealing with them. They start from the perspective, we are Americans. We've been fully converted. It's been, they've been doing this successfully since the 1480s, so yes, Seeing behaviorisms that are connected to Africa pop up in us in this aspect of life, this aspect of life, this aspect of life will seem strange to them, not to us. When you understand the actual reality that a full disconnection from our Africanness did not and cannot happen, the relation to the information about continued African existence in this foreign land should be an inspiration and fuel to continue your own personal, conscious, and deliberate displaying of your Africanness. But then, if you look at it from the right perspective, these Africanisms are the empirical evidence that we're still Africans. But if you don't look at it that way, it's just some random stuff that we just happen to do. But uh, that's the empirical evidence. But now let's move here. We must begin to control the context which our Africanisms express itself so we can benefit from it more. Now, Brother Asar wants us to believe that since we do not know the meanings behind our many daily Africanisms, that we are Americans because of this. And he said as much from here. What I say to his meanings and reason argument is the problem with that is you go up to the common people of any classical or traditional society at any time, past or now, and another brother even told him that on his own blog talk show, Does an African American Nation Exist? that it's unlikely that you'll be able to get the deep intellectual breakdowns and the symbology and the spiritual meanings of what is asked. Just because the common people can't break down those spiritual concepts, does that really, really mean they cease to exist as a people? Does that really mean they cease to exist and now new terms need to be created for them? Or more correctly, for the deeper meanings behind things, you go to the ones that are learned in the depth in in the populace in the deeper aspects, for those answers, loss of cultural meaning among the populace could it could be an indicator of cultural stagnation. However, which can be remedied, but it does not signify cultural extinction, as as Brother Asar is claiming. I I I I I, could. <laughs> I haven't heard the two minutes yet, but no,
0: well, it's not yet.
2: To quote, to, to, to quote um, Dr. Linda James Myers, the highest levels of positive identity development cannot be achieved without making a conceptual shift away from the dominant suboptimal belief system. Without that switch, materialist values and faulty orientation of basing one's worth on external criteria Will likely inhibit one's capacity to see black people as positive in comparison to white people.
1: There's there's no way around
2: it. I mean, he gave a few surface examples. Um, there seems to be a a there, there seems to be a strand of misreading or not reading fully from Baba Amos to Fukiaw to Wade Nobles. Go ahead. Oh.
0: No, two minutes,
2: I'm sorry. We. <laughs> This, no, that's kind of long. No, okay. The Journal, of Black, no, the, the, the Journal of Black Psychology is a treasure trove of research being done to to get a grasp on this identity question. Dr. Cambon conducted one study dealing with his um, worldview scale. He looked at 94 Africans and 87 European college students ranging from 17 to 52, and it was contrasting the African worldview with the European worldview. Um, some of the items were harmony with nature versus control of nature, spiritualism versus materialism. Let me quote. The findings revealed, as expected, that African males and females scored significantly more consistent with an African worldview orientation on five of the seven dimensions, while European males and females scored significantly more Eurocentric on six of six or seven of the worldview dimensions. This study indicates that worldview differences do appear to be basic in the beliefs, attitudes, and perceptions of contemporary Africans and Europeans in America, despite centuries of forced cultural assimilation of the African into the European worldview. Um, We are Africans with Americanisms. That's that's how I end that. Alrighty.
0: Great. Always always great timing because I see you warming up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're gonna bring in thank you for that. We're gonna bring in um Lassar. Hold on one second.
0: Yeah, let me reset.
3: Alrighty. For his um rebuttal. And anytime you're ready, just let Ambassador know a so. Yeah,
2: you hear me?
4: Yeah. Alright, I'm ready. Okay. All right. Uh, It was an interesting rebuttal. Um, But I I must state uh, for the record that there's a difference between someone who reads and a researcher. A researcher is someone who reads material but looks for things in which the material does not say. A person who researches asks new research questions, it doesn't just read material, and say that this is true because somebody put it in the book. But since we're citing resources, we're going to continue along this line. Since I did not read all of uh, the 900 pages of Blueprint for Black Power, I did read page 58, uh, according to him. On page 58, I'm all, I'm still on my slides. So we went from, um, I think it was like 14, I went on 16 on the slide for those who are still uh, on the slide. Page 58, Blueprint for Black Power, says, this coalescence of subcultural social units is usually organized and motivated by a mutually recognized leadership, a governing establishment. This establishment usually fulfills its responsibilities through the creation, issuance, and enforcement of policies. At this level of organization, a culture may be defined as a political organization which exercises political power in its defense, economic, social, and, excuse me, and social interests as a whole in the interest of the subcultural group and individual members. My argument here is that without a governing body, you do not have a culture. That's why I recommended the book, Black, uh, excuse me, uh, Black Africa by Sheikh Antizia, because this is something that he recognized, that in order for there to be a political state, there has to be the unifying culture and vice versa. They're not separate. And this is why all the states have failed every time they try to unite, because they try to make the states come together without trying to unify the culture. But we're going to go further on this. We're going to go to the next slide, which deals with language, and this is what is going to be important because he he quotes he he quotes uh, Malefe Asanti, uh, but uh, of course with him not being a linguist, he doesn't know what he's quoting. What he is quoting is syntax, the structure of how a language is is said, in which the serial verbalizations and things of this nature can be found in many other so-called non-African languages. That doesn't distinguish you and make you African. But let's go uh to Dr. Mubinge Bilolo. In his recent book that just came out, it's called um, and I'm gonna translate it from the French, which is the invisibility and eminence of the creator Amen. Um I translated this from the um the French and let's let's see what he discusses when it comes to this whole concept of language. He says this use of European language, he's talking about how the the European Egyptologists try to make the language of Egypt sound more European or Arabic and things of this nature. But anyway, this use of European languages in Arabic, Arab, Berber, or Kabili, stifles and pulls down the African, destroys the African languages. The African nations will lose the use of their languages, being slaves to albino, which is basically white Euras and culture, but also slaves to their neighbors. A man who loses the use of his mother tongue is an idiot. A nation that agrees to exchange its tongue for the language of the colonizer is an aggregate of idiots, at least in part on the, of those in the diaspora for being born in diaspora. The African who does not speak his mother tongue is what they call a siluba, silua, lost, alienated. It's also the into, into, worthless. Language is the library of a nation. It is for each nation, and, and some of these words, these words I'm saying now, are going to be saluba words. The inyo, the simao, the mother, the origin, the cause, inina a dikala, mother of existence or the form of existence of the color or the manner of being. It is also dinan or si nime, the matrix or the sinu, the foundation, the basis, the into being, the cult, excuse me, the being of culture, which is dikala. Again, that's Dr. Bilolo, talks about how you lose a language. Now let's go to another African, very prominent scholar by the name of uh, Amadou Ba. I quote this on page 5 of the Bukalo of North America, which he skipped as well. Um, In his um, Aspects, De La Civilization, Afrikaans, Personnel, Culture, and Religion, The Fulani are accustomed to saying that the individual is made up of three essential things, and this is not on the slideshow I'm reading from my book, Um, that the individual is made up of three essential things, his physical aspect, his speech, and his work, his trade. He can lose one or two of these three qualities without ceasing to be himself, but the day he loses the third, he becomes someone else. He is no longer his ethnicity. So you can keep your trade. Of course, you can't lose your physicality. But once you lose your speech, you lose your ethnicity. So, um, Amadala Ba has said this. Also, Amuba Binge It's another book that I recently acquired. It's called The Book of Dawn and Invocations by Doctor Agona Agu. I won't have time to quote because the the quotes are scattered. But for anybody who has this book, he is an um, an Ebo priest and. When he went to – he grew up in Nigeria. He only spoke English, didn't know much about his, uh, his Igbo heritage, not until he went into college and decided, I want to learn more about who I am. And then this is when he went on the path of the priesthood. The whole introduction to this book is talking about how he had to go learn his language and how language is important to being a Nigerian and Igbo excuse me, uh, yeah, an uh, in Igbo-Nigerian. In so the question becomes, how can an African on the African continent have to re-Africanize himself by learning the language? Why are all of these Africans talking about the, the psychology and the speech of things? Let's take this further. I'm going next on the slide. Language is a source of identity, and flash of the spirit, African and African American art, a philosophy page, excuse me, art and philosophy, page 16, Robert Ferris Thompson explains the nuances that make the Yoruba people Yoruba. The Yoruba remain the Yoruba precisely because their culture provides them with the ample philosophic means for comprehending and ultimately transcending the powers that periodically threaten to dissolve them. In other words, they are conscious. They use their culture to amass power and to be able to meet the the challenges of their time. These are the defining things of culture. What is culture used for? Next slide. Culture as a meaning of generating power mechanism, Blueprint for Black Power page 59. A culture generates effective power when it aligns its subcultural, social, and individual units, especially its family and communal units, in such a way that they can most effectively create and exploit its human, social, and material resources to its advantage relative to its environment and other groups. That means it's not enough to just have a culture. You have to use your culture in a way that it helps you build industries and things of this nature. Um, next, culture as power. This is also reinforced. You know, he co- he quotes Dr. Clark, but I'm not sure he's really that verse on the wide body of his work. This I just took from one of his speeches. So there's the link to the YouTube clip. And get um uh, 3 minutes and 45 seconds, This is what he talks about. He says, how did you get in this predicament that you are in today, where you are totally unprepared to run a nation? What I am talking about tonight is how you lost the concept of controlling a nation. Until you get the concept of nation formation and the nation management, you're going to have difficulty with or without apartheid. You have to prepare to control every item in a nation that needs to hold that nation together. The the title of this is that uh, black liberation was a bunch of talk. And in this, the the whole series uh, of clips, which is, you know, just the the whole lecture, he's talking about how Africans lost the African concept of running a nation. This is what culture does. Culture, as Dr. Amos Wilson had talked about earlier, is a political organization. Unless you are willing to... um, uh, come out of thin air and say that Black Americans have a political organization that we have a political thing that matches the political things, like in Mbongi. If you want to quote uh, Doctor Fukial uh, in his work in Mbongi, where he de- he he describes the political organization in the Congo. Unless you are willing to compare the the so-called African political organization, which one does not exist to that which you find on the African continent in the individual cities, one can't argue that one has an African culture because African culture is a political system. And this political system with people that have bona fide leaders that the people recognize that help shape the policies in which the Africans or anybody else in the world is going to follow. So now when we talk about these so-called African nuances, you know, in in, in my direct questions I would ask him exactly What distinguishes African culture from Native American culture or Southeast Asian culture? You know, and that's something that we don't understand. Um, And and why, in the final analysis, when when anthropologists and when the Africans, especially the ones I just quoted, talk about culture, it ultimately boils down to language because language fossilizes the worldview of the people. If you don't have the vocabulary, just having the African syntax does not make it a language. That's just like you speaking, like you say, uh, uno, dos, des. That doesn't mean that you know that you speak it the Spanish. You know, that doesn't constitute, it's a, whole, it's a whole consciousness, it's a whole way of being. And if your first language is English, that means your whole paradigm is that of a European. The way that you look at the world, the way that you categorize the world is European. So, you know, these are some questions that you have to ask yourself. You know, how is culture defined, I'm on a different uh, slide, Uh, excuse me, the next slide, how is culture designed to solve the problems to meet the needs of the people? It has to be measured by those standards. Does it solve our problems? If your culture doesn't solve your problems, it is inadequate and should be modified to meet the 1001 challenges of life. We have to ask ourselves some critical questions. We must define the nature of our problems and the source from which they derive. Are these problems we witness today as a result of African culture, Is African culture the problematic, or is it the lack of African uh, culture which is at the root of these pathologies? And to rephrase that, is African culture the problem or the lack of African culture the problem? So when we talk about, you know, culture, how are you using, how are we using our African culture to meet all of these uh, challenges? Why do we still have the highest, you know, um, birth mortality rates? Why do we um, are number one in the health disparities and things of this nature in comparison to other uh, immigrant groups who come there with their culture intact. Um, uh, why are we still the, you know, on the lowest barrel of the financial realm? You know, why are we utilizing our culture, you know, to 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 elevate and to create these quote unquote like Africa towns and things of this nature? Why does everybody who comes here who's able to speak their languages, for instance, doing better than everybody? Um I if I had time I would have added this uh recent article which talks about Nigerians are the um are the highest ranking immigrants here. Why are they, you know, saying the highest ranking immigrants here? Because they come with their culture. Next comes under Latinos. You know, why would they do better coming over here? And we're born here. Because we have, they have a different cultural mindset and approach to things. They have a different educational uh value system. And that's another thing. It's your value system. What is it that you value? Are your values, you know, really African? Are you fighting against homelessness? what is the, the the overall, and I'm not talking about the Afrocentric African Americans, I'm talking about two the minutes. general population. Is that you two, two minutes? minutes? Yeah, you got two minutes. Two minutes. You know, the general population. And uh, to answer his question in regards to, you know, as far as the average person in Africa, when you get there, they have what they call priesthood. The priesthood, the whole purpose of a priesthood is to be the preservers of the knowledge of the people. What is the African American priesthood that preserves The nuances and the structures. Sure, the average person won't be able to give you every single detail, but they should be able to point to you, okay, well, these are the elders, the priest who knows all of these different things, which you can go to any African country, any African community, and find that out. So, you know, it, it is a lot more than just simply having some vocabulary words that have survived that have some dances that match. It is a political system. And African Americans don't have a political system. If you don't have a political system, you don't have a culture. Because the culture is what you the organization of all of these isms which we're talking about. Everything that Kamal's talking about are loose isms. They're not organized. And until African Americans organize these isms, then it is not culture. Your worldview, everything that you value is European. You know, and until you start speaking African languages, you know, it is not um, it is not African culture. And these are coming from Africans themselves. So, you know, we have to expand our notions and not just read surfacely the material and to figure out what is it that we are missing in, as far as the differences between a full-fledged African culture and that which we have now, especially when you compare us to people in Cuba and Brazil. It is not even close to the Africanism. But I am there um, to begin the next round. Great timing. All right. Alrighty. So
3: we're going into the um, direct question phase, and then Ambassador Sarr, the way this is going to go down is they have one minute max to ask mm-hmm. the question
0: and okay. five minutes
3: to respond. And
0: five so, minutes to uh, respond.
3: I'm going to put in this both brothers on the line. And make sure that your your question is is clear because you can't interrupt the um, the response. So just make sure that you frame it the way that you want to in that one minute. Um, first up to
2: bat, if you're ready, is uh, Brother Kamal. Yep. All right. Question number one: When did we stop being Africans? What? And this is all like one question. When did we stop being African? What was the date or time period? Was it during the village raiding on the good ship Jesus when we landed on these shores? Or better yet, sir, when did we become Americans? What was that date? Was there a conference of stolen Africans that I missed in the history books where unmasked we decided we're now Americans? Or did Caucasoids just wave a magic identity wand and poof, we
4: were miraculously
2: transformed?
4: Good question. Here's your answer became American when your primary language, as I just said, became English. When you no longer look through you no longer categorize and organize the universe in your African traditional way. And although we can speak of Ebonics as a as a structural way in which we communicate, you can't say that you speak in the same manner as African people do, you no longer have your noun classes that you did in your Niger-Congo languages. You know, um, you don't have uh, the reduplication aspect because that doesn't belong in English. And if we had time, you know, we can go through all of the details of the, the nature of language of the English language and the difference and why every single body that you can name especially like um, like the book that I just mentioned, The Book of Dawn by, and Invocations by Argonu Agu, and people like Maladoma Some, one of the things that they talked about when trying to translate, and we can name any uh, from Soyinke uh on down the list, every single person that I've read has a hard time trying to translate African concepts into English because they don't exist in English, which means that they don't have the reference points in which Africans have when talking about these concepts. These words don't even exist. That's why we have to, like, when we talk about ma'at, was that one minute?
0: No, no, you're good.
4: we okay. you got three minutes. Um, okay. Um, excuse me. Uh, I forgot where I was. When, when, oh, for, for instance, like, when we talk about ma'at, how we have to come up with seven or eight words to describe this one concept. And as Dr. Racketti-Armin in one of her uh, speeches in, and you can find it on YouTube because she only has two on YouTube, um, talks about how it's so much more. When you start dealing with African languages and the richness of it, you see the inadequacy of trying to understand them in English and why African people tell you to learn African languages. It is totally different the conceptualizations that exist in African languages. You know, if it was just based on vocabulary, we can argue that English and French and Basque and all of these, and then a lot of the Greek terms in which we use are just African words. But why are just not having the words making them African? You know, there's a linguist by the name of G J K Campbell-Dunn, who has written, that's all he writes about is the African origins of these Indo-European languages, you know, but how they've changed over time because they didn't have the cultural nuances in which Africans have. So meanings have changed, pronunciations have changed, and this is the issue that you find here uh, in the Americas. So it, it is not an issue. Remember that we became acculturated over a process of time. The earlier that we got here, we kept a lot of our African traditions. That's what they talk about in Africanism, in American culture. But as we began to integrate more and more into the American society, we lost a lot of these nuances and we lost the meanings of it. So, you can't argue in 2010 that you had the same Africanism, same African mode of way of seeing the world that you did in 1823 when we were still coming over here. And that's why I'd say, do the comparison. Compare African American thought and process and things to the people in Brazil, in Cuba, and Haiti, who still honor their gods in the same name. Like, you know, Olo do Mare is Olo do Mare in Brazil. There, We don't worship Olo do Mare here. We worship Jesus. You know, we don't honor Eshu. And I'm talking about just us in totality, you know, not, not the ones who, who consciously sought out their African culture and, and, and worship Oshun and things of this nature. In Cuba, they still honor these deities. They still make sacrifices. They still have the signs and symbols. All of this is expressed in Africanisms and American culture, or you can get Robert Perrin's Thomas' book, flash of the spirit, which goes into this in the detail. When everybody talks about the strong Africanism, they always go to South America and the islands because that's where the retention is here. Over here we had strict laws that prevented them. They stripped the majority of everything to where you lost the nuances. You know, that's why you only have isms now. We can only speak of a syntax. You can't speak of a system like when we talk about voodoo. What is the African spiritual system here? We have juju, which just is an application of urs you know, a way of healing, but not a spiritual system where we keep our names intact. So it's, a, it's the, the language piece is very important to the question which you just
0: asked. Very good. That's, like, right on time. Three, three seconds left. All right. Okay. Um, can
3: you guys hear me? Yep. Hello. You can hear me?
0: Yeah, hello? Yes, yeah. can you hear me? Yeah.
3: Okay. Um, Asar's question is next, and then Kamal has five minutes to respond.
0: Hey, Kamal, I'm going to, I'm just going to, like, I'm doing, I'm, so I'm just going to let the five minutes go. When you hear it, you know, there's no need to panic. Just you just know that that means just tie it up. You know, if, when you hear that alone, it means just you need to just tie it in. I don't want to interrupt. Okay. That.
4: Okay. So now, based on, on that same trajectory of thought, my question is when did Africans become African? When, the, when we left the shores, did the Yoruba know they were Africans? Did the Luba know that they were Africans? Did the Wolofuisees know that they were Africans? Who named <laughs> us Africans? And if the African people didn't have any say so on this, how can one argue that one is African if you don't even know what the term means, where it came from, how it is used in the culture, and especially when there is no African nationwide political system, especially since even the the president of Senegal in 2010 was talking about creating an African state like we have in the United States. So the, the, the question, again, is twofold. When did we become African by the, by the term? Who named us African? And how could we be African if the Africans have not come together To become African. I'll
0: I'll start the time. Hmm. Hmm.
2: I know that's part of the entire reason why you wrote your book and you questioned Gerald Massey and his Afro week. Every week, um, thesis, your question, Kwesi riding him, um, Batai Khan and his Afura Ka new, and 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 that's nice, that's interesting. The um, the 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 larger answer is we became African when the creative forces. Raised that first landmass up, <laughs> and the first human beings were 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 were, were created. Um, if you don't like the term African, then we can get into again the biogenetics of the people, uh, what they look like, and and how that has. Has maintained itself throughout the beginning of time until this to, today. You can go talk to the San people; they still look like how they did 200,000 years ago. You can deal with the cultural practices of the untainted traditional people on the place that we now call Africa, and you'll see the circle dance. You'll see ancestral vener, and ancestral veneration. You'll see the different priesthoods um, and priestess priestesses' hoods. Um, so we can quibble about the name of the continent. Of course, we can all say, well, you know, the folks over there didn't have a name for the entire landmass. We could go there. But if you want to get deeper and look at the people and then what the people produced, and then we, I ain't even talked about how the people actually lived. Since you want to quote Joe, let's quote Joe in Cultural Unity of Black Africa, the Southern Cradle, Northern Cradle hypothesis that he puts on. The, 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 the southern cradle, um, respect for the environment, harmony environment, female, male, parity, those are some of the quote-unquote African qualities that when you look at the different groups on the continent, you the traditional untainted groups, you find that east, west, north, south, and central, they still exhibit even though some of them are two 3,000 miles away. So I, I'm I, 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 I'm going to stay away from the specific etymological breakdown of what our home was called, and I'll even agree that maybe the, the, the nationalists over here and the nationalists on the continent need to sit down and figure out what if, if we want to and what we want to call the landmass that created us. But when you look at the people, when you look at the cultural practices, when you look at um, the axiological breakdown, you see similarity east, west, north, and south. And for some reason, you keep missing those similarities even here in America. Again, another book, the the people you don't mention are very interesting. Um, Amarimba Anean, Let the Circle Be Unbroken, Implications for Spirituality in the Diaspora. Fifty-three pages would shut down your whole argument. I could just read this book, and she breaks down how it, it it goes deeper than just these surface things that you keep bringing up. Um but but that that's getting to something else.
3: I I will leave it there. Okay. Um so Brother Command, we got you got two more questions left, so your next question will be one minute and uh sorry will respond.
2: Question number two. What self identified? African centered scholar has stated verbally or in print that we are Americans with tattered vestiges of Africa loosely clinging to our being. Dr. Clark never said we were Americans with Africanisms. Amos Wilson never said that. Dr. Jolt, Dr. Ben, Mama Marimba, Dr. Nobles never said we were Americans with Africanisms. From my reading from all of them, only you, Asar M. Hotep, stand alone in this statement. So can you please share with me which scholars would share your debate point today?
4: Um, Again, as I uh, mentioned earlier, there's a difference between somebody who reads material and an independent researcher. An independent researcher asks new research questions and can stand alone regardless of everybody else um, has a particular world view. That's what we call in science. Um, what is it uh, in, in the range of debate um, When when somebody is basing Their argument on authority Instead of the content uh, Instead of the merits of the argument And whether they Specifically say the words that you said Is irrelevant Because I would offer them the same question And they will be stumped Just like you were with the question Because if there is no African political state and this is where the contradiction would come in for Dr. Amos Wilson. If he's arguing that culture is a political organization and there was no African political organization when Africans were stolen, you can't argue for an African culture. You can argue for a Igbo culture. You can argue for a Yoruba culture. You can argue for the, uh, the, the states of Angola, King Sasha, these places. You can't argue for an African culture. And this is the this is the basis of my argument, that – the, the reason, even to this date in 2010, they're still arguing, trying to, if you, you, you look on um, YouTube right now and you type in Malefe Kittiasanti, he's sitting there arguing in 2009, I believe, um, or was it 2007 at um, a Copa conference about how they're trying to organize now an African political state. You can only organize an African political state if one does not exist, and that's the point. You're trying to separate culture, identity, from the politicalness, the political organization which defines it, and that's what you can't do. And so everybody sitting here trying to argue this point, every single time I ask somebody this point, they stumble. They can't think of it because you can't argue that uh, that an Africa existed. And then, when you know, when I deal with the the, uh, the whole term Africa, you know, even if you say that you are African, you are reactionary when you say that you're African. Because white people named you when they said Africa, you know. And I and I deal with this in, in, a, in a large part of the book. I've had it read by scholars. They could not answer in the same way, you know. So if, if we can't be reactionary all the time. It's, it's about proaction. That's the whole point of this. Culture is intentional. People organize. Unless you organize the isms, you have no culture. You're just a population with loose nuances. And this is why. And and I I guarantee you, for anybody who's ever tried to organize anything among African people, will know immediately that you don't have an African culture. Uh, And that we don't even have an African American culture or whatnot. You know, try to raise money for African causes for black folks, you will not get the amount of, of mass. Uh, Involvement that Jews would Because they have a unifying culture Asians can come together, Irish Because they have a unifying culture and they recognize it as such We're still arguing with Whether Americans are African Because we don't have a culture And it's because we do not have an organized Political system And neither did Africa at the time Africa is forced Because of colonialism and slavery To put together an African state And this is what they're working on now If you don't have an African state you don't have a centralized African language, you don't have a centralized world view, we just have substratum as Chekhans' joke, you know, argues in all of his work, then you don't have a culture. You don't have an argument. And that's just how it is.
1: Okay.
3: So Asar, um, you can ask the next question and Kamal how can we
4: Okay, the next question, I asked this actually earlier, but I'm, I'm going to re-ask it now. When we talk about these African worldviews and customs and things of this nature, what separates Africans culturally, mentally, from Native Americans and Southeast Asians? What are the cultural nuances? And then from that, are their nuances, or excuse me, are theirs, if, if they match, if you agree that they match, are they just really practicing? Is it everything that they do? Is it African, or is it Native American or Southeast Asian? You know, using these blanket terms for, for all of these different people. So what's the difference between Native Americans in their traditional ways and Africans in their traditional ways? Same thing with Southeast Asians.
0: Don't start the clock yet.
2: So, when you say Southeast Asia, which 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 more group? Which groups are you more referring to? So I can be clear.
4: Um, I'm talking about your Cambodians, your Vietnamese, your uh, we can go all the way up north into China, your first your Um, You know this this was before this is prior to the Aryan invasion into the area. Um, and going up into China, if you want to go to Japan, you know what is the difference? What separates African cultures, you know, since we're, we're lumping this together, and those Southeast Asian. If we want to go here to the Cherokee, to the, you know, uh, even that's a made-up name, um, to the Navajo, you know, if, if you know the uh, the differences between these um, these groups, we can go there as well. So um, specifically, those the non-Aryan invasion, non-Arab uh, cultures of Asia. Basically, in non-European, like Russia and things of that nature. Okay.
2: Um, The first thing with with the non-invasion, if we again go on, there's three groups of Africans: those that never left, those that voluntarily left, and those that involuntarily left. It could be a good argument that those who voluntarily left to populate the world, yes, brought over a large. Continuation of African spiritual systems with them, the differentiation would be in the specific environment that they were in. They would relate to um, they would relate to the different spirits in the environment differently in places where you got high land where you got lowlands you might not have too many mountain deities in places that are landlocked you might not have too many river deities so the the understanding of um, the understanding for the uh, what word am I looking for? The understanding of the um, damn. The um, there we go. The understanding of the different spiritual forces. I I I I would say that that came from that that voluntary group that left and and populated the rest of the world. Um, understanding that you had to propitiate the different elements of nature and understand and and, and figure things out, and where was this shrine, and where is this spirit, and what to do. Um, But the differentiations probably necessarily came from um, the particular environment. Um, They also may have come from different um, human dynamics within how they generally interacted. Um, But but not having a a, a wide knowledge in Native American spiritual system and the Southeast Asian spiritual system, stuff like that. I can only speak in generalities because I didn't know we were going to have a religious debate here. I would have been prepared for that. But um, as far as the cultural piece, I'll just restate again. Yeah, that voluntary group who left to populate, who who were the first to populate the, 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 the planet, they brought over their specific, quote-unquote, African, if you want to put that in quotes, understandings of the spiritual realm and, 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 and the natural environment. They brought that with them to the particular environments where they ended up, and the differentiation happened based on environment, what was there, what wasn't there, what could be done based on what was there wasn't there, and probably different individual and, and, and human-based interactions. Different animals, you got to change up the nature of your sacrifice depending on the animals you got there or don't have there, all that sort of stuff. That's the best general answer I can give. Um, and also, I guess, real quickly, even on page 39, 239 of the Sankofa movement, again, by another author I don't know if he's familiar with, Kwama Ajay Mama Kuya Koto, they have a nice graph doing the range of cultural and spiritual expression. And the top part of the graph is African primal cultural expressions, which is traditional cosmology, and then they list a few others within this primal experience, Australian, Mayan, Amazonian, Native American, Papai, traditional, and the Dalit. Um, when you, they have a, tra, a transitional or threshold expressions, those would be characterized by Tao, Buddhism, Baha'i, Jain, Santeria, the Shango priest. And then the non African, Indo European and Aryan conquest cultural expressions is all the other stuff. Hinduism, atheism, Judaism, Christianity, Islam. So yeah, there there there's some similarities with those other groups, but I've already stated where there was probably some differentiation.
3: All righty. So um Kamal, you have your last question? And Asar can respond.
2: Now, I'm asking this question is sort of I'm asking, yeah. I'm asking this question because I've noticed, and again, Baba Mama Kuya have noticed that there seems to be a disconnect between intellects who study Africa and practitioners of the African systems, especially period, but especially over here in the West. So, this question is Asar. Is there a traditional Ifa, Akan, or Vodun, or classical, as far as that African spiritual system, or quote-unquote house, that you yourself are an active member in? Is
4: that it? Yep. Okay. Um, Well, yeah. Um, One, I'm a practitioner of Ifa. Also of the Congo system And you are trying to find the relevance In the context of um, How should I say Of the identity Of Africa as a continent There's certain things that I know Like there's a certain priesthood That exists on the continent Where the elders They speak the same language no matter where you go I even wrote on an article on my website called it "African Superhighway of Wisdom," where Africans travel to learn from one another, to share information and precepts. That was one of your better works. Oh. Does not mean that it was a political system, and we we seem to be missing this this part of discussion and, you know, trying to scapegoat. And just like with the last thing, I can tell you there is no difference between Native American tradition and African tradition. What it all boils down to is language. That's why in all the things that I quoted, it boiled it down to language, you know. And there's no, no continental wide African language. You have language families. They're arguing whether key Kiswahili should be the language. But you can't have a political system that everybody can communicate with each other. You know, now in priesthoods, they have certain signs or symbols and certain sacred languages in which they can communicate. But if everybody doesn't have access to it, that is not a nationwide thing. So, you know, trying to find the relevance in in your question, you know, to, to the overall discussion. You know, if you're trying to t- check my authenticity as, as a practitioner and as a scholar, as what uh, Dr. Kakosa Kajangu called a post-post-colonial scholar, these are scholars who initiated into African systems and also into, uh, excuse me, on, and into the academics who are also academicians. Uh, that's, that's the term he uses um, if, if we want to, you know, Utilize that to the day. So, um, you know, I mean, that's a simple answer, a simple question to answer.
1: That's it. Thank you. Okay.
3: So, the last question is um, Asar to Kamal, and then we'll go to the conclusions
4: um again i'm 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 keep reemphasizing this this concept of organization you know when in 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 american history you know cuz one cannot deny that a lot has been lost through the transatlantic slave holocaust and uh the subsequent Jim Crow, Civil Rights Era, and things of this nature. So, when did we collectively come together to Africanize uh, ourselves, to 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 understand these nuances outside small pockets of individuals? Where where is our political system? Who are our leaders? Who did we vote Who do they respond? To? Who are they re- Who are they responsible for? Things of this nature um excuse me, what are their um re- responsibilities uh to the community and things of this nature? Um that's that's my question. What's what's the what's the name of the political organization in which African Americans, you know, adhere to who are leaders and you know, things of that nature. Go ahead.
2: See, the issue with that question again is we both agree that a transformation has happened. Okay. We diverge that you see it as a total eradication of our Africanness, and I see it as just a transformation of consciousness. So, and 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 one thing, language is key. Language is big, but you overemphasize language because the number one thing that that, that hasn't been really talked about, well, that hasn't been talked about by you, <laughs> and and that I've been trying to bring up in here is. Spirit, the spirit piece we are african just alone because we were the, the, the creator made us thusly <laughs> we are african because of the, the those different africanisms that pop up if we had totally been transformed and changed those wouldn't even pop up the question becomes using those Africanisms for the things that you're talking about. And some of the folks who you may not have finished fully reading, or some of the folks who you may not know about, are at the forefront of first getting us to understand we're African, showing us how we're African, and then organizing around that. But if those first two things aren't there, then that can't be done. But your position that we are essentially Americans with a few tattered pieces of Africa with us—we ain't gonna get there that way. And the research doesn't back you up. And there's a there's a a, 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 a misread of the Africanism. The Africanisms are the 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 tangible empirical evidence that we're still African. Now it's about getting right-minded people to share that with the wider populace, get them to get rid of this idea that they are Americans, and then move forward from that. And in my closing, I'm going to read a quote from Dr. Anita. It talks about the the majority of our Africanness right now operates on an unconscious level. And so for your question to to come into fruition, she says it needs to be moved to the conscious level to do it. But we ain't going to get there from your position that we're Americans right now because it's not true. And the the, the book you love to talk about, Africanism, and there are better ones out there, but Africanism in American culture, when looked at the proper way, shows that we're still African. So it's about using that information to wake up the masses to 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 wake up black folks to who they really are, delink link them from America, <laughs> and and then use that understanding for the political organization, for the societal betterment, and all that sort of stuff. So 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 yeah, you're not catching me there. I know it doesn't exist, but we get there quicker from my angle. We're not gonna get there from yours. We will stay. I'm going into my closing stuff, but we will stay right here. In this American mentality, if we follow what you're talking about. I'm three. through. All
1: right.
3: So um we're gonna go into the conclusions and you're up to bat first, Kamal, so anytime you're ready, let us all know.
0: Oh me? I thought he was to
1: All right.
2: You have to accept a concept of reality that makes them superior, them being white folks. If you deny that, their thing will not work and they will lose their control. We are extension, whoops, excuse me. We are American extensions
1: of our African history.
2: Just like those scattered elsewhere are those regional extensions of their African history. We must remember, quote, when a people and a nation's history are disrupted, their cultural practices illegalized, their physical integrity is forcibly scattered and terrorized, those people do not cease to exist. The history continues to exist as it is beyond the capacity of one human or one human group to destroy the historical and cultural reality of another. And I'll say this again the African deities tell us what is given by the Creator can never be taken by man. While my position, we are Africans with Americanism, poses to wake stolen Africans up, his American argument can and will put the masses to sleep. If he is correct, the African masses can say, yeah, I got some African shit in me, but I'm American because this is all I know. Come to think of it, We've been identifying with America since the start of around the 1900s. Us identifying with America has created the conditions talk shows like this were created to combat. American with Africanisms is wrong. It doesn't further the race, it doesn't give us vision. It keeps what we are doing now going. Until the conscious identification with America stops. Our decadent and deplorable conditions will continue. We have been lied to that we are not Africans. So, what was the purpose of our Afri- of our Americanisms, and how did they start? Let's do a quick history here. In 1491, you've got the first recorded African to give up their unique way of venerating the universe, and I said recorded, and adopting a foreign way of life. This was the Congo King in Zungo Ah uh, and Koul. He was converted and baptized in May of that year and changed his name to Dom Jal I. In Zinga Zimba, his son was taken by Portuguese ways, and he converted in 1506, and his Christian name became Dom Alfonso. The unwritten Caucasoid context of this experiment was to see if they could quote-unquote civilize the king by exposing him to the quote-unquote civilized reality of Caucasoid. The experiment was to get us to not identify with Africa or African ways. It was to get us to identify with someone and something else. This experiment exceeded Caucasoid expectations. These people had their African consciousness transformed through changing of their names. The, the, they had their spirituality changed. The, the consciousness of their spirituality changed because they was given Christian Christianity. They opened up Angola, that part of Angola, to Christianity. Um, they had their consciousness transformed away from their African customs and value systems by popularizing Caucasoid customs and values within their society. And this opened them up to eventual enslavement and the erosion of their ways. Now, since this was the first run, they didn't explicitly try to get them to personally identify as Portuguese. But through centuries of refinement, as we've heard tonight, it is now us who voluntarily... Identify with whatever foreign land we are on, over our innate origins, and the consequences of buying into this so-called common sense, we're in America now, so we're American's logic, actually continues. The Portuguese then full Caucasoid now anti-African civilizing legacy. This medieval experiment was informally renamed the house slave syndrome, which was the continued creation of transforming African people's consciousness and, quote, unquote, rewarding them. This house slave system was informally renamed the middle class, the refined continuation of transforming African people's consciousness,
5: rewarding them
2: for it, and then having them serve as the buffer group to shield, carcassons. The lesson of all of this, the crackers learned then that still operating to this nanosecond is always create and, quote, unquote, reward stolen Africans who do not identify with Africa or their Africanness. However, within each time period I just mentioned, there has always been Africans who consciously and deliberately kept their amun given African as prominent in their lives. In 1520, you had the Angola of Ndongo. They, 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 they tried to come and convert them to Christianity. He said, I don't want them to do with your religion or your way of life. I just want your material goods. Um, the house slave syndrome was countered by the more successful Maroon communities. Um, and the middle class syndrome is being countered today by self-avowed African-centered living communities. It's always been about countering what has been done, not succumbing to it and passing it off as common sense logic. We can no longer accept the lie that we are not Africans. The idea of us being Americans with Africanism plays into the hands of white folks, by letting them beat their chests and gives them the idea they can actually make Africans disappear just by relocating them, changing their language, and transforming their consciousness. The idea of us being American with Africanism means a 200,000-year cultural incubator can just totally be wiped out by the last 500 years' blip in time. It cannot happen. It has not happened. What has been given by the Creator cannot be taken by any man. The idea of us being African, American with Africanisms helps the caulk a agenda by cutting us off from identifying with Africa and Africans, even though, like I already said, if you drop any of us off on the continent, we don't open our mouths, they will immediately just see us as African. We need to build on that and not chop it down. The idea of us being Americans with Africanism buys into your American propaganda and um, make it seem like common sense, and again, Anything that seems like common sense in this environment, we need to check that shit quick and go the other way. Euro-Americans benefit from this identity lie that we're Americans from the collective trillion dollars that benefit their businesses. Euro-Americans benefit from this identity lie that we're Americans from all the time we spend at their jobs working for them and their bottom lines. Euro-Americans benefit from this grand identity lie that we're Americans from all the resources we put into their damn reality. All that money, time and resources could be better used on ourselves first first, when we properly identify ourselves as Africans, deliberately become reaware of that reality and use that to build our sovereign nation. They benefit on us focusing on this small little five hundred year blip of time because and not looking at in the proper context Of at least 200,000 years, we've been on this planet in in homo sapiens sapiens form. So I ask, are we following the Booker T. mistake when we should have followed the Garvey model today in 2010? We laid our buckets down then in America. What do we now have for it? American with Africanisms? Really? Really? We've never stopped being African. We've been lied to and haven't been given or not taken the time to get back in touch with who we really are. We were I'm gonna keep saying this. We were originally created as Africans by the African creative forces of the universe. Spirit has been totally devoid out of my components out of my opponent's argument. Only recently, check this, only recently have we been told we are Americans. Ironically enough, by the same people who stole us in the first place. So the question becomes, who has more weight for you in your life, dear listener? Ra, Yame, our African gods, or white people who create census forms? This American identity thing is only a man-made law on their books. If two Africans have a child in China, that child is not Chinese. That child is an African child born in China. If two Africans have a child in Russia, that child is not Russian. It's an African child born in Russia. And we all know the Bible Omawale quote, if a cat has babies in an oven, did the cat have biscuits. No, the cat had kittens that were born in an oven. And one of my favorite African proverbs, if a log stays in a river for 10 years, it will not become a crocodile. I'll even add that to say if a log stays in a river 500 years, it won't become a crocodile. It's just a very damp, wet piece of wood. Folks don't like identifying with the quote-unquote losing team, the quote-unquote underdog but only for the last 500 years is Africa been losing that cultural battle. The secret to all successful maroon groups, North Carolina, Jamaica, Brazil, was their reattachment to their innate Africanness and addressing their present realities. based on that. It's beyond time to study those examples, learn from those examples, and reduplicate those successful examples. Detaching us from the depth and consciousness of our African way of life was Caucasoid's greatest trick. And Caucasoid-minded people, Caucasoid thinking, yeah, Caucasoid-minded people's greatest trick. Reattachment to that depth and that consciousness, that high culture and deep thought that the real way Nobles talks about uh, will be our greatest victory. We were not conquered. We were confused. And we're seeing that confusion. I'm going to say it again. My identity opponent Excuse me, my idea opponent says we're Americans with Africanism. However, most of the people he cites in his books and, 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 and recommends to other folks never said that. He's an independent researcher. So, But Dr. Clark never said it. Amos Wilson never said we're Americans with Africanism. Joke never said it. Dr. Noble's never said it. However, there is a small list of people who do call us Americans. Cornell West, Jesse Lee Peterson. Armstrong Williams, Edward Richburg, Shelby Steele, Henry Louis Gates. All within the sound of my voice, I ask you, which identity camp do you want to align yourself with? Those whose writings and life's works were explicitly dedicated to the sovereignty of African people or those who constantly tell us we're Americans, Africa has no large expression in our lives, get over it. If you agree with that last group that we're Americans, because that's all we know. Unfortunately, you have fallen prey to cult propaganda, but all hope is not lost. The work of those first groups are in abundance. It's time to relearn, reacquaint, and reembrace our African history. Now, I ain't do the cute slideshow, but for anyone that I did create a bibliography, and I'm reading this as well, so I can get it to anyone, email me at kamal 301 at yahoo.com, and I can send it to you. Our African I'm quoting Mama Rimbani, Our Africanist has existed within us primarily on an unconscious level, but the forces of evil are strong. European colonialism is powerful and the unconscious survival of African heritage within us is not enough to subdue it. This survival must be moved to the level of conscious awareness so they can be used for political analysis, motivation, and commitment. We must turn our African spiritual Excuse me, we must turn our spirituality, our ethos, our Africanness into a political tool. We must harness the energies that lie dormant within and forge them into a power, powerful political force for liberation and self determination. I will end. We can defeat this grand identity lie, but each one of us first must identify and reclaim our African identity and start being African more and more every day in all the things we do. Drop as many harmful Americanisms as possible or as um Obadlay says, de and every Africanize, both simultaneously. Get with other people of like minds who are doing the same thing. And let's create this damn sovereign African nation starting first on correct identity and cultural grounds.
3: Okay. Um I just want to say something you know, because um, as Asar gives his concluding, we're going to go into the overtime. I have to bring people in because once we get past the um, the live show, I'm going to lose the boards, So it won't be any way to ask questions. So I'm going to make a request. If you're on the line right now, mute your phone. Because if you don't mute your phone, it's going to drown out everything that Asar is saying. So mute your phone if you're on the line, if you got your hand up or you don't have your hand up. Mute the line, because um, once the show is getting ready to end, I'm going to bring you in at the one-minute mark. So your phone has got to be muted. Please, people, don't let me hear you going to the bathroom, okay?
0: Yeah, and then you get a chance to ask these guys, these brothers, questions. All
3: right. So you're up, Please, please, please. Um, see, see, see.
0: um well,
4: Once again, thank you for the discussion and uh, allowing us to have this dialogue. Um, my my position is, is is pretty clear. you know I don't have an elaborate ending. We are Americans because one, we live in America. it is our uh, it is our political home. Secondly, we speak American English and have lost the languages that we spoke prior to arriving here. Um, there are several different um things that I could address in that last uh, attempt at a response. But I'm I'm just going to I'm going to read something a little later, but I'm going to read something now from Dr. Shekhan joke. Uh in April 4th of 1985 he came to Morehouse College and When he was there, you could find this work in Great African Thinkers by Dr. – or edited by Ivan Van Sertema, Dr. Ivan Van Sertema. And in this, on page 320, the year 1986, it says we – this is Shekhan Tijok speaking. We must reconstruct a new Afro-American cultural personality within the framework of our respective nations. Our history from the beginning of mankind rediscovered and relived as such, will be the foundation of this new personality. And if anybody has read the work, knows that I don't argue that everything was taken away from us. And if we were to believe Kamal, he would make, you make it seem like this is what he calls a common sense argument. And which I would have to disagree. This is an argument based on years of research and reading many, 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 many scholars in which we do not have time to address here on this issue of culture, black, white, Asian, Native American, or whatnot. And I quote a little bit of everybody in the Bacala of North America. And, um, again, we, we have fundamental flaws in his argument. You know, he tries to use the Malcolm X, uh, cat born in the oven, you know, uh, argument. And that's essentially the problematic which I addressed at the beginning of the discussion. It's one on based on biology, which we can undeniably, by way of genetics and paleoanthropology, say that everybody is an African. With the, if we go by his logic, there is no distinction. He already could not distinguish, based upon his logic, the difference between an African and a Native American. Now, when we come to the issue of time, when we come to the issue of time, we have this issue of, for instance, you have like the Arabs who have been in North Africa and Africa for more than two thousand years. At what point did they become African? We have Afri- we have Europeans who have been in Africa for about five hundred years, you know, and more than that actually, if we go, because they've been in there since Pharaonic times, you know. Uh, We have the records, of course, of ancient Egypt, of Europeans being in Egypt since 1500 B.C.E. You know, um, we have the issue of uh, the Africans themselves. Now, you know, what I'm trying to bring out is the, the, the necessary contradiction in trying to reduce everything to the African continent. Because if we talk about the Australian aborigines who are definitely black, Can you say that they're African if they've been there for 30,000, 40,000 years and not migrating back into Africa? You know, these are the kinds of questions that people need to really think about. If there is no political system, you know, he, he, he tries to skate around the fact that it was not called Africa. Africans didn't call the continent. I'm not even sure if they understood the boundaries of the continent in full in that way to name the whole continent. That is a European concept to go around naming continents and naming whole people. You don't find that in African traditional systems. You don't find any record of that. And only when Europeans come in and name all after Ethiopia. You know, uh, the Arabs come over here naming it, you know, Sudan. You know, and then, of course, Americans naming it Negro land. You know, and, of course, the Romans uh, doing it with Africa after a small Berber people named the Afri. And the Arabs coming in there saying Afrika. This is where the term comes from but no one knows what the meaning is. You know, there was no unified African state, no unified African language, nothing in existence for one to say conclusively that there was an African in in, in the correct cultural terms in which I cited, you know, exclusively these particular um, scholars in which, of course, he has not read all the material. I, I would assume has not contemplated it, but I'm going to end uh, on uh, on Dr. Noble again, because this is how you have to wait. You know, it's not enough to just throw terms out there. You have to weigh them against definitions and concepts, so we're going to continue to quote Dr. Noble, and um, I already cited the actual particular source of this, but this is Slide number twenty-five. I'm reading uh, slide twenty-five and twenty-six on my um, on my slideshow. The system, and we're talking about culture here, and he's talking about culture in the context. And this is right on time for the whole Arizona ethnic studies debate, which is a totally different topic. But anyway, because this is dealing with education, the system of culture teaches the people to recognize phenomena and to respect certain logical relations amongst phenomena. Culture gives meaning to reality. As such, culture has the power to compel behavior and the capacity to reinforce ideas and beliefs about human functioning, including issues of educational achievement and motivation. As such, culture is the invisible medium in which all human functioning occurs. It is important to note, in fact, that nothing human happens outside of culture. To think of culture as the medium in the petri dish is an appropriate analogy. It is the stuff in which human development occurs. Going to the next slide. Culture is to humans as water is to fish. It is our total environment as such. Education as well as curriculum development are cultural phenomena. Culture is therefore the invisible dimension of all curricula. Hence, just as the nature of the water, salt versus fresh versus polluted water, influences the reality, the survivability of particular types of fish, so too do different cultural systems influence the reality of particular groups of people. In fact, of all of excuse me, all of our training and education are bound by what we call customs of professional convention, which are nothing more than cultural traits or rituals. Culture is like our water, and like the fish out of water, some humans can be out of their culture and thereby act inappropriately or fail to thrive. In a similar analogy, culture is like the electricity that illuminates the light bulb. We can only know or understand the electricity by what it does. Accordingly, if we are going to have a practice of education that's appropriate for African-American children, then it should be clear that we need to understand the electricity that's going to guide the practice. Now, there's a whole bunch of stuff in here, but I like that water analogy because if you take something out of its natural environment and put it in another, it affects them to the point where it can either make them thrive or pollute them and kill them. Now, all of these books and stuff in which I mentioned earlier, they would not exist. There would be no reason for uh, breaking down the psychological uh, aspects of uh, mental slavery, you know, uh, a blueprint for black power and all of these other different works if there was no environment change, no cultural change. We were not taken out of our African waters and brought over here into these American waters using the analogy of water or the seas or what not being culture. You know, and and regardless to how he likes to word it, you know, everything that these authors are writing are supporting my point. Now when we talk to these <laughs> African authors, when we talk to these African authors, you know, they all boil down to language. And and notice what I've done here. When I quote the African authors, they all boil it down to language. When we talk about the African American authors, they, they don't deal with language because most of them aren't linguists, you know. And this is very important because if you can't articulate the world in your own language, you know, you can't argue that you are essentially your culture And because you have no culture. You know, culture boils down to language. That's the difference between Native American cultures and African culture. Native Americans have feathers. We have feathers. Of course, they have, you know, the the teepees and the circular shapes. We had the Huts in the circular space. The they honor ancestors. They pour libations. They recognize the earth as symbols. You know, they have a priesthood. They respect their elders. They have initiation rites. There's nothing that separates them other than a few, quote-unquote, genetic haplotype markers, which is insignificant in the final analysis of genetics, and their language. So, until you're ready to deal with the language piece and not skip around it and skate around it, then you're not prepared to really have this full discussion. And that's what I end on.
3: applause was for both of you gentlemen thank you very much
0: definitely definitely
3: thank you this was a good debate (laughs) and the applause was also for my callers because nobody flushed their toilet I didn't hear any (laughs) farting or burping I'm I'm proud of you guys man (laughs)
0: that's right all right now
3: this is going to be a little interesting because I don't have control over the board so is you can uh, the person who wants to ask a question can unmute your phone and just direct it to whichever participant you want
6: really becomes uh where do we go from here? And for Brother Aser, it's a quote by Nkrumah uh that says start with what they know, build on what they have. And for Brother Kamal, there's a, a quote by Milkar Cabral, uh tell no lies, claim no easy victories. And what I've come to understand uh is it's not just what we argue, but why we argue something in terms of the ends, uh, in terms of the ultimate goals. So in in this dealing with this question of Brother Sarah, I'm wondering what are your goals, your long-term goals in terms of trying to get us to see that we're more American than we are African? And then the reverse is an uh, appropriate question for Brother Kamau. What are the long-term goals uh, in terms of emphasizing our Africanness, even in light of so much cultural uh, confusion? And I would like y'all to take those two quotes into consideration as you answer those questions. Again, for Brother Asir uh, and Kruma, start with what they know, build on what they have, and for, for Brother Kamal, uh, tell no lies, claim no easy victories. All right.
4: Um, Great question, great question Um, I'm not sure if you've read my book The Bacala of North America But um, if you have the opportunity I highly recommend for an expanded uh, More detailed discussion On many of the points in which we're talking about now And which directly answer your question In the long term What I'm trying to create here Is, well in the short term Is going to be what I call The African American Cultural Development Project and once again, through my years of study of culture, no matter there has not been any single scholar who has contradicted this, that culture is intentional, that people sit down and organize culture. This has not happened in African American history. We have never sat down to organize our culture. And see, and this is where it, it seems like we agree, me and Brother Kamal, because I don't disagree that the Africanisms are there. You know, I argue that in the book, so it's kind of mute to argue that point. What I'm arguing is that it has not been organized into a systematized culture, and that's the difference. Culture isn't something that is accidental. It is something that people organize. So, you know, we always hear it, you know, what time is it? Nation time. We have to organize. That's all we talk about is organize, organize, organize. Organize what? You have to organize your thought processes. You have to organize your values. You have to organize uh, how you're going to create the institutions which are transferred, the information which teach people how to be the culture in which you create. These are the things in the long term we have to have, which all these other individuals, when we talk about Jews, when we talk about um, uh, Asians coming over here, they have this already. And this is why they're able to do what they do, because they have a unifying culture. In America, we're just a population of black people. And and what I'm trying to do is to understand, like, there's a whole, like, the, the parts of the book in which you talk about I'm misrepresented as far as uh, Dr. Noble, all it does is address the, the culturism that we share with Africa. That's all I do with the book. I'm sharing, like, what it is that we believe here in America, how it relates to people on the continent. So I'm starting with what people know, you know, so you can see, oh, I see how we relate how these thought processes and things. The difference is that there's no organization. When I talk about a Yoruba culture, it's organized. When I talk about an Igbo culture, it's organized. When I talk about, you know, a Hausa or a, a a Congo and all of these things, all they talk about is organization. And until it is organized that you sit down and think, and, and strategize how are you going to use the culture? How are you going to educate your people? How are you going to create a mode of production? You know, you have to think of it in the nation terms. This is about nationhood. Cultures deals with nation. If you don't have a nation, you don't think nationally. You don't have a culture. nation of Islam has a culture. You have your Greek fraternity and sororities that have a culture. You have these quote-unquote subcultures that have all the elements of culture. But when we're talking about all of African Americans, 40 million of us here in the United States, we do not have a culture, whether it's African, you know, and I'm talking about our own distinctive culture, whether you call it African or not. Everything, our value system, everything is European. And this is why we have all of these books, why we even have this show, Holism, so we can counter these Americanisms that are, have such a the majority of the stronghold of our people. In order to do that, you have to be able to start with what they know, like he said. Deal with the culturisms. That's why I recommend the, African, I mean, the Africanisms in American culture. It lets you know what these nuances mean. So now you can open up the door for people to be like, okay, I can embrace this African thing better. You know. So I don't know what he's talking about. I'm, I'm pretty sure he has not sat down and read the book for, you know, saying like, uh, in the modern time, he probably just got it. But you know, this is what the, the the particular plan is, if that answers your question.
2: So. See, it's sort of twofold because I want to respond back to it because I actually thought the book was sort of confusing because you start off with that we ain't American peace, and then you miss, I mean, we're not African peace, and then you misread Wade Nobles because I remember quoting direct quotes from him to say we are Africans, and, and and so, but then I looked through all the rest of it, your name is African, you use all these African concepts, you use these African authors, but in the beginning, you're like, we're Americans. And so, yeah, it was a bit confusing, but I did read the book. You can go back and check the invoices and all that. I bought it quite long ago, caught part of the discount. But um, tell no lies, claim no easy victories. The long-term goals is, I mean, since I mainly focus I mean, I like to call myself a cultural scientist, but my my emphasis is the religious spiritual piece. We're getting no power from these foreign systems that we relate to. So one of the long-term goals of re-identifying with who the hell we are is we can start getting power from our African deities and our African forces to do what we need to do. Um, obviously, last well, we've only been calling on Jesus in America for about a good hundred and some odd years, maybe 200. But we can definitely see that that has gotten us absolutely nowhere, nothing, no how, nothing. But when we were dealing with Asar, Aset, um, Tehuti, Ma'at, you see all those civilizations. When, When different groups were dealing with their traditional systems, you see, you see, you know, ancient ancient Ghana um, before the Arab invasion, stuff like that. So you, you, you see the Twa folks when they were dealing with their traditional spiritual system. So the one of the long-term goals, for me at least, is once we delink from America and start relinking back to our African selves, then the question becomes, how do I make it applicable in my life? And one of the first things is reattaching. Well, one the, the first thing is reattaching the identity. Just understanding that you're African. That's that's baseline. That's the top line of a geometry piece. That's the given. But then going on from there, um, which getting getting an understanding of the spiritual system and using that and making it work for you. Um, also um, using the culture you- relinking ourselves back to our Africanness creates the group solidarity, creates group cohesion and predictability within the culture. Um, again, it's interesting, you know, my, my, my verbal opponent did some, you know, I'm going to pick this from Amos Wilson, I'm going to pick this from Amos Wilson, but he constantly is talking about reclamation and, and reconstitution. So he knows that it's not gone, we just need to um, reawaken to it. And then he lays out the advantages of doing that. And these books are written because we have been delinked. Our, our consciousness has been delinked. But none of them, none of them challenge the identity piece. And I challenge you, I'm <laughs> sorry, to find me one of these national scholars who, again, say we're not African. And you danced around that question. Oh, I'm an independent researcher, so I can do things that other folks don't. You are wrong on this point. Because they they don't talk about identity. They say our consciousness was changed. Breaking the chain, breaking the psychological images of slavery, not the identity. Falsification of African consciousness, not falsification of African identity. Blueprint for black, you, you see what I'm saying? It's the identity piece. It's the transformation of consciousness. The identity has not been wiped away. So, tell no lies, claiming easy victories. We're not Americans, we're not lying when we say that, tell no lies, we Africans, claim no easy victories. It ain't going to be easy. Reclaiming Africanity in an anti-African world with white folks and black-skinned white folks telling us we're not African every day in every media ain't going to be easy. But there are folks here in D.C. that are doing it. There are folks in Florida that's doing it, Philly that's doing it. St. Louis is doing it. I'm sure I'm leaving some. Atlanta is doing it. I think that's Brother Densu, I don't know, but
1: there are folks
2: that are reconnecting and 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 re and doing the work that, the culture deep culture work that needs to be done. And we're gonna continue hopefully with Asar, but I don't know. We'll see.
4: Can I respond? All right.
2: Hello?
1: Who's that?
4: This is this is Asar.
3: Oh, Okay. Yeah.
4: And I want to point this out: why it's fresh. He keeps contradicting himself, because everyone that I quoted, all every single last not one has contradicted this, states that identity and culture is a psychological process. You can't argue that there's been a change of consciousness and we need to reorient ourselves back to an African consciousness and say that we're African if they don't have an African consciousness. And, and it's funny how he likes to skip around on the book, and that's why I say you need to re- reread it. On page 17 of the Bakala of North America, I cite Dr. Ossia Hilliard.
6: Ossia Hilliard
4: talking about the whole concept of names and culture and things. He deals with this. He says this. the name, These names, our original African names, were based upon our natal and cultural bonds and thousands of years of heritage. The names were based upon the collective history and creativity. Worse, we had forgotten why we named ourselves. How we came to be given alien names in the first place. Given the sacred nature of names to African people and given their association of a name with our identity as a family, this was a tragedy of enormous proportions. Our focus on names became a barren one, a focus without the benefit of awareness of our rich cultural traditions. Therefore, we were unprepared for the conversation about race, naming, and identity, we had come to a point where we as a people were named by others. Most of us had lost control of this. The most fundamental of human processes, the self-determining process of naming ourselves, of telling, not asking the world who we are. I quote again a little bit further down. He says, However, they simply was not excuse me, there simply was so very much more to who we were than our pigments. So how had we come to become preoccupied with, with what rather than who we are, with our political and economic struggle rather than with our essence and our destiny? How had we become individuals rather than family? How did we become a temporal people rather than an eternal people, a local rather than a cosmic people? Africans had seen it this way. Now, how are you going to make this argument? You know, because this this is the same argument all of the other scholars are making that the totality of what makes an African person was stripped. He just said this in many different ways when it came to naming and everything. You lost the nuances. That's why they're fighting for the african is trying to get back and reorient ourselves. It's a psychological process. You know, so you can't you can't you can't sit here and say because from what this he's not arguing that we're African. He's arguing that we're American that we have the psychology of American people, white folks, and that we need to re-Africanize. That's what this argument is. That's what he's quoting. And I quote many people like this on this book, you know, which I don't understand why you keep arguing this nonsensical, non-logical, contradictory statement, which you're trying to argue on one hand that it's, it's, it's about psychology, but then, you know, we have to reawaken. This is, this is about intent. It's about meaning. This is what all these scholars say. So, you know, you're saying that not one of these African scholars said that we aren't Africans. We understand that they're talking about African in the biological sense. And that's why when he said this, that's why he said here, why do we come preoccupied with pigment? you know, dealing with phenotype blackness when Africans didn't deal with that? Obviously, we have a different consciousness. We have a different conceptual framework of the world. And we need to get back to that African consciousness. And this is what the scholars are saying. There's a difference between being African by biology, trying to make a race argument, and, by, and being African psychologically. My argument, as I stated plainly in the beginning, I'm not arguing biology. Biology, The biology argument is ripped with too many problems, which you cannot reconcile, trying to trying to prove the concept of race. Everything deals with psychology, and language deals with psychology. So, you know, that, you know, how do you address that? Well, wait, hold on,
3: hold on, because I don't, I don't want y'all to get into a back and forth yet. Because I want another, okay. the next caller to ask a question. Um, anybody else have a question? Unmute your phone and chime in. Say hello. Anybody there? I got another
6: question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody's
3: everybody's on mute? Damn. I, I got another question. Ain't
6: anybody going to ask that. Go ahead.
1: Go for it. Does that brother do soon? Man, don't say my name
6: already.
5: <laughs> <laughs> my bad.
6: He's been out there. He's blowing his he's
2: spot outing. up. <laughs> oh, no,
6: no. No, I appreciate this conversation, but I'm I'm trying to get get both of y'all to see how much y'all agree with each other, brother. And and this is this, this is a simple question. that I think both of y'all have these experiences, uh, brother Osier. Let's let's deal with the African worldview and not deal with biology. Uh, and I assume you're involved in the E5 tradition. In the Congo I'm sorry,
4: you're tradition. fading out. I can't hear you.
6: Can you hear me again?
4: Now I can hear you better.
6: Okay, I said, uh, just to to build like a consensus, I said, Brother Sarah, let's deal with the African worldview and not necessarily uh, the question of biology in the way that you've articulated. Uh, We are uh, a product of our ancestors, right? And if, if we are a product of our ancestors and we're born of them, there are certain things that are passed on to us spiritually, biologically, psychologically, physically that may transcend our very um, narrow concepts of race based on race as a Western biological concept. Uh, so like the Congo, I believe, talk about the bakula or, you know, that realm of the ancestors that's like uh, 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 an ocean of knowledge, you know. i uh, about the
4: Musoni Musini? The Bukula is uh, the what you call ancestors. The realm is called Musoni,
6: well, or the, if you no, could say well, the Kalunga line. Right, but I'm talking. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. But I'm, I, yeah, yeah, we're we're saying essentially the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but that that was coming out of the Mbongi. So this this idea that people could be born into a, uh, a a culture of double consciousness or a culture of conflict, but their ancestors pushed them into that space to resolve things, to for the lineage, for the community, for the national reality, right? That's that, that that's I want us to kind of consider that to get Kamal's point, and Kamal, I want you to consider what he's saying in terms of intent, and I believe you do because you know a shrine house without a community, without a political formation, without land, is just another impotent religious institution. So so this issue of culture as active, culture as ideological, culture as political is something to consider. And I guess the the big question is we... When we, we when we focus on a weakness, we may focus on it to the extent that we take take it in isolation, and we don't see it in relationship to its parts or to the whole. So language is critical, but language is not the only thing. Spirit is, or the shrines are critical, but the shrines not the only thing. What, only brother, is, is, are you
3: asking are you asking a direct question, though?
6: Okay, I'm sorry. Like well, the, yeah, well, I'm I'm asking them to deal with deal with, yeah, I guess I am, with deal with what each other is saying, because I really believe y'all agree more so than y'all disagree, and it seems like y'all harping on things that is really not the the point that y'all driving at. That I guess that's more of a statement. So if the brother, I I'll say, if the brother, if you're saying you're not dealing with biology, but you believe in Ifa and the ancestors, wouldn't that agree with Kamal?
4: Here's the difference. difference. It's kind of hard to really have this discussion and to really understand this among a group of people who are African-centered, have African consciousness, honor African deities and ancestors, because we're all on the same page. But if we were to have this discussion in the midst of the general population, you will see the differences between how they think and how we think. I'm thinking in the realms of totality as far as consciousness is concerned. There is no no culture without intent. That's what all of the quotes from all of these people say, regardless if you read 100 pages into their book. Every single time they bring up culture, they bring up intent. And, you know, without intent, it's nothing. It doesn't exist because you have no goal, you have no purpose. To be African, what I'm essentially arguing is to be African is to live life on purpose. That's what all, of, all my studies on Africa, everything has a purpose. So it's just like, you know, it, it, I don't know how familiar you are with the systems, but you know for a fact that Africans do not have art for art's sake. Art has, art serves a purpose. It has a spiritual purpose. It, it serves the purpose of the law of attraction, you know, uh, what they do over here with a vision board and things of this nature. We don't do art for art's sake. Because that is built off of a culture of purpose. Everything must serve a purpose. If it doesn't serve a purpose, we get rid of it. So that's what it means to be African. So you can't, have, you can't be in a realm with no purpose and then claim to be African when their whole system is based on purpose. a matter of fact, you know that when a person is born, divination happens to find out what's the child's purpose. The whole system, the whole culture is centered around how can we make the child live up to his purpose, his or her purpose. If, you, if anybody has read Dr. Maladoma Somme's work of Water in the Spirit, or The Healing Wisdom of Africa, or Fukiao's Self Healing Power and Therapy, or, or uh, co- African Cosmology, the Bantu Kong, we name any African source. Everyone does not contradict not one of them contradicts themselves with talking about when a child comes into this world. That he comes here with a purpose, and it's up to the the priest or whatnot to divine and to ask what the child's purpose is. And matter of fact, speaking of purpose, I will quote Dr. Kakosa Kajangu. Um, he's a he's an initiated scholar, uh, studied as well under Dr. Uh, not Dr. But uh, Kredo Mutwa uh, out of South Africa. He's actually originally from the Congo, so he's in the Congo systems as well. So he talks about and I'm, I'm trying to find the page in which I quote him um, in my book. In my book on page 15, uh, for the records so of the people who's listening, Dr. Karkoza Kajango in his, his book, Beyond, excuse me, this is actually his PhD dissertation, it's called Beyond the Colonial Gaze, Reconstructing African Wisdom Tradition. He talks about, and I'm quoting now, the ancestral vision is a vivid expression that describes why a particular community of memory exists and what types of human beings it intends to deliver. It expresses the feelings that members of that community of memory hold for their community and its place in the world. Often this vision, and I have this underlined, often this vision is the name that the community gives to itself. So not only do we deal with divination trying to figure out the name to attach to the uh, in relationship to the purpose of a child, the whole name of the community itself encapsulates the vision, the purpose of the community, why they even came together in the first place. So when you talk about Africa, this is why I stress this point. If European people named you Africans, and it was not built on your own genius, your own purpose, your own meaning, you don't even know what the term African means. Then you can't say that you're living like it's quote unquote African because they know what their names mean. They know what the, the purpose of their community means. So it's, it's, even, it's even more problematic when we start dealing with African Americans when the majority of us don't even deal with Africa. They don't know what it means to live a life on purpose. And this is where the contradiction, where the fundamental contradiction in this discussion is coming from. Because we don't live life intentionally, it's hard for us to grasp. And this is what I'm trying to argue throughout this whole book. Learn to live life on purpose. When you live life on purpose, this is how you create economies, because everything is based on your culture, which instructs you on what your mission is here on earth. So, you know, I understand what you're saying, but there's a very, there's a very fundamental difference in the argument that we are making. And to me, he's really not making an argument, because he's tipping around the intentionality part. And that is critical to this whole process. Sure, language is one part. I mentioned that language is one part. But it is the most critical, the most fundamental to defining a, a culture. And that's my point. So we can't, we can't leave out language. It's one of the most critical things. And I quoted the African scholars, the initiated pre African scholars, who deal with this and say once you lose your language, you cease to be your ethnicity. So, you know, this is what this is why I'm arguing, this is why throughout the book I'm quoting African terms. You know, I even mention the African terms that we still say here that we think is English. You know, we're talking about Uber, Jazz, Jam. You know. I deal with these culturisms to demonstrate to the people that these are the the African um concepts, these are the constructs that we brought over here which we still retain. So now it's up to you to recognize that they are African and to organize them into a cultural system so we can utilize our Africanness to build economies, to build a stronger political system because this is what culture is supposed to do. It deals with power. That's why in Blueprint for Black Power, after stating what power is, the first thing he deals with, he has a whole chapter on identity and culture. Why does he deal with culture first? Why does Anti Joke deal with culture first in um, black Africa, an economic and cultural uh, basis for a federated state? Why, you know, are we dealing with culture first? Because culture is the most important thing. There is no um, political unity. There is no economics unless you have the cultural piece organized first. So this is what, you know, my mission is, to organize the culture. So people are conscious of it, to create institutions where we can pass this knowledge on and we can build and bring new knowledge and not just hark over, you know, Egypt as the, the end-all, be-all to African civilization and to understand that we are an extension of these African systems and that we can create and do better than what the Egyptians did and what the Malayans did, what Songhai did, what Timbuktu did. All you have to do is be in the same consciousness that they were in. But in order to understand that you need to understand the languages and how they saw the world. So this is why I deal with languages for the most part. Sorry to take up that much time. Hello? Yep.
0: Yeah, we have. Hey, everybody? Oh, okay. Um brother um, um, brother, brother Kamal, can I ask Brother Kamal, um the the language, um that uh, that I speaking about, as far as when we lost our language, we lost the ability to communicate in our original tongue or the tongue that we came from, whatever tribe that is. Um, that's when we lost that. Do you, what, what, what's your take on that, as far as the, as far as that being the focal point of of, of not being able to claim that, or, or you know, what I mean, as far as as far as losing your your language and the ramifications or the or the implications of that.
2: Yeah, maybe maybe he. He he missed this piece, but I did quote two linguists, and then I ended with Melissa. I agree that that, that conceptualizing the world in an African language would be different from conceptualizing it in a in a, in a European or other language. That uh, I, I'd be stupid to argue otherwise. As far as that being the linchpin that he keeps coming back to, keeps coming back to, I. I I'm I'm hard-pressed to go with him on that because language is still a tangible aspect of of, of identity. And I thought, maybe he didn't hear it either, but I laid out five areas within, when you combine them all, that those things are identity and language fit within the psychic function. But you also have biogenetics. And I mentioned some research by the, that the joke did that I didn't hear him refute, but he skipped over it too. So I don't know if it has been refuted or if he didn't like it because it didn't fit his paradigm. I don't know on the biogenetic piece, but he, 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 the, the the so why we do not have the actual and, and it, yeah, I want to bring back since you brought it up, I would want to hear what he had to say about this with the linguists now that I brought up. Who? I remember when the abonics debate was going on, one critical thing that, that, that you know, slid under the table was that all of the people they put in front of the cameras to talk it down weren't linguists, freaking Bill Cosby, Maya Angelou, and other entertainers and all that, but the linguists, white folks and black folks across the board pretty much agree that, yeah, stolen Africans over here are, you know, still following their West African language systems. But they didn't get the microphone. So while I'm while he's talking about language and, and maybe just vocabulary, I thought I had brought in information that showed that syntactical structure and idiomatic rules. We've brought that over. We don't. We're not told that that's what we're doing. But when linguists look at how we speak over here, and when they study the West African language systems that we came from, they're identical except. For the words, and so and and so, I had mentioned the tense, I had mentioned consonant clusters. I was going to add in tonality, and that's just a few. You can check out, you know, what they said and talking and testifying by Doctor Smitherman, So I do agree that language is a big part, but he has fully overemphasized it. And yet and still hasn't really brought up the spiritual aspect because it's the spiritual aspect alone that hasn't even been touched by this Maaf experience. But then also it's that as is that aspect is in with what makes us African. That aspect is within the so if the language had been has been lost, if um you know, all the rates and the biogenetic stuff seems to be still out of whack. On the, the tangible type of stuff has been thrown out of whack, but on that deep, deep spiritual piece, which ain't been mentioned by him, because I, I don't know, I ain't going to get into that, the, that piece has not changed. And and the, the reflecting on pieces and I, I, <laughs> I ain't gonna get into nitpicking. I'm very well familiar with Dr. Wade Nobles. I'm very well familiar. Right now, if if you want to go there, I'm co-facilitator of a book study group on Blueprint for Black Power. I am very well adept with Amos Wilson, and so that part that that was funny. I'll even throw out a challenge here. I want to challenge challenges, sir, to get. Dr. Wade Nobles or uh, Marimba on his blog talk show. I have contact information of people who know them directly, and if you're going to present this American with Africanism argument to them, that would be very interesting. If you want to do that, we can talk about that, because Wade, (laughs) I think Wade would chop you up from misreading his words, and Marimba me and Let the Circle Be Unbroken totally goes into the spiritual depth of why we're African, which I ain't heard you mention or quote or use or anything. So I'd love to get those, since I haven't articulated it well, since I'm bouncing around like you say, let's get some folks who have written on it in depth and who could probably explain it better than I am, and maybe then you'll see the the the, the right now air in your ways. Because some of your other stuff, I'm going to say it all on record, It's brilliant, that African superhighway information. I love that. The idea of questioning what is Kemet and what came in from Kemet, I love that. You're just missing something right here.
1: I'm
2: through. All right, I, don't, before, I hope that answers before, your question, uh, Assar.
3: Before Asar responds, um, yes. I wanted to ask the question to the both of you because um, I haven't heard this. And saw had mentioned it in his book, but I'm going to ask it to both of you. Can you have a culture absent land?
4: I mean, okay, okay. Now, now let me distinguish, and and okay, let me say this first. Do you want me to answer this question, then he answer, and then I get back to the questions that he posed?
3: Sure, sure. You can go back to him after this.
4: <laughs> okay, cool. I now, want
3: you to answer, and then I want to come out and answer afterwards.
4: To to really kind of answer that question, it, it's kind of we we would have to suspend the law of physics. Because human beings don't exist anywhere on Earth without land. Gravity ensures that we stay on the land. The, my question, my argument, isn't based on whether we have our own land. It is. It is based on simply that we're on someone else's land, and it's their culture in which we've adopted. And so it's not. A, it's not an issue of, um, in that respect. You know, do we? because we don't have our own land we don't have our own culture now i do argue that the real fundamentals of culture because culture again you have to have in your language reference points for your cosmology for how you interact for like for instance in the case of african people they use the the the, the substratum which we we all agree on part of the substratum is that they look at nature to look for rules In how to govern their society Now in America That's not the case You know But we can still develop a culture Here it's not the matter of which land It's just what land you're on And how do you reference That land In in including it In in terms of psychology In terms of cultural motifs You know like when we talk about The meta nature writing all it is is just um, things that they saw in their natural environment used with phonetic value. So, you know, and, and they use that system, you know, and in other parts it's, it's not strictly that. It's, it's mainly cosmological in, in, in dealing with the cosmos. Like when we talk about uh, the Congo system, you know, it's based upon this movement of stars and the sun. Same thing with Dogon and Zulu, you know, uh, so it, it's just a matter of where you're at, and this is why I included at the end of the book this uh, appendix appendix B, which is uh, is called simultaneous validity. Um, I quote heavily in the book an individual by the name of Jordan Ingobani, who wrote a book called Conflict of mind and he's the the whole book is arguing the difference between european and and Bantu Zulu culture and how these different cosmologies conflict with each other because they have different mindsets, they have different goals, just different everything. And Diop has argued this, northern versus southern cradle. is nothing new. But he goes into it uh, differently. So he starts explaining how, you know, for the mind of the African, it doesn't matter where you're at as long as you use where you're at to develop your cultural system. And where you're at, if you use the natural environment and everything to develop your cultural system, and, you know, the the world has to respect it just like they would anything else. So, you know, whether, and this is why I argue, are these people Africans that are in Australia? You know, even though they didn't exist on the African continent? You know, because, you know, it, it, these, are, these are these contradictions we have to deal with here. They're black. You know, you have people in Hawaii that's black. You know, people in South America, you have people still in China who are black. Are they Africans? You know, and and that's 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 where this 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 confusion in a lot of these debates come in. Well, but um, I'll, I'll end right there and, and let him answer.
3: Hello,
0: well, I'm just a little. Um, I just want to discuss, just want to say, come on. I'm just a little confused with the um, the history of our history as far as we know with slavery, how we came here versus the maybe the history of say maybe in uh, uh, someone from Australia. That you know might have a different history. We can actually trace. There's an actual uh, lineage and a root that says that we were uh, once in the place that they call Africa, and we were brought over here. Uh, whether it be enslaved or some of us were already over here. If you want to go to either the Sodom or the Olmecs or whatever, did we lose because we lost the language and we lost the culture? We lost that. Did we lose the right to say that we're Africans, or we're we just Africans that have amnesia? Or, or, or a person that is has lost himself he is his name is Billy he doesn't know his name is Billy does that mean that he's not Billy and that's the thing that that's the thing that I was you know kind of wrestling with how because we lost our language and we lost like so we lost our language our religion our culture our god does that mean that we are not Africans because we lost that or we just lost the identity of that
2: we lost the we lost the consciousness of that Again, Wade Nobles talks about the three the, 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 the depth structure of culture. The the topmost level is the surface level. The the next level is the ideas or ideational level and the deepest level is the assumptions level where axiology, cosmology, all that's on. So where
0: you 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 what what where we get
2: to answer your question while those first two the first level definitely has been changed from from us, from Australian folks who are African, <laughs> adapting to different natural environments. But um that the surface level stuff has been changed. That's the most malleable area. That next level, worldview, ethos, um, ideation, that's can be subject to change, but you, you you have a lot some rigidity in that as well. but when you get down to that deep deep surf the, the excuse me the deep level the assumptions level, epistemology, how you know knowledge, cosmology, how you relate to the universe and other uh, and and the aspects within the universe that's at the level where you again where marimbo talks about that's at the level where you need to look at for the commonalities of all these different disparate African groups throughout throughout the world. And when you look down at that deep level, you see that the the while while the Australian folks are black, they also still have the circle dance. They also have the dream time, which is almost identical to the the ancestral realm and stuff like that. Again the circle dance to venerate and act and, and have actual deities join with their physical body. They got that when they came from the continent, you know, voluntarily over to where they are. And when you start using that type of precision to find those commonalities and similarities, you'll see that they are there and they exist at that deep level. And it's at that deep level that Dr. Nobles and Rinpoche and Ajayi Koto and all of them used and Kobe Cambone used to lock us into, if you will, our deep level Africanness. So the, the while the, the surface levels and the, that, that middle range level has been changed, a white sheet's been put over it on that deep, deep level, we're we're still African but we don't know. it. like you said, amnesia. Like in falsification of African Consciousness, you got the historical amnesia piece. There wasn't a one hundred percent severance and cut and disconnection, a damn white sheet with whoever flagged the white folks in the land that you in, they sprayed that white sheet with that flag. All, all we need to do is pull that white sheet off, see our Africanness, relate to it, connect to it, and then use it to do what we need to do. So it, it, it's an amnesia. We weren't fully disconnected.
4: Again, um, this is a saw. The argument he's making doesn't make any sense because I'm arguing that we have the substratum. That's why I say in the book and in this debate, we are Americans with Africanism. If I'm if I'm arguing for Africanism, I'm not arguing for a total uh, severance from Africa. But you I'm say it.
2: You say it. You deliberately say <laughs> it in the
4: book. No, I don't. That's why, as a matter of fact, if I have to quote me saying Africanism, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, let me find it real quick. I mean, this, I mean, this whole topic. This is uh, it's, it's the book Africanisms in American Culture, which inspired um, this topic in the first place. It uh, opened me up
1: to the fact
2: that although we are African
4: people by blood, we are not
2: African by culture. We are Americans with Africanisms. Exactly. And, and,
4: what does that mean? That means everything that you just said. We're talking about the totality of a culture. You just said it yourself that we are not the totality of the culture that we need to be a reawakening to vin veil, that there's a deep we have to go deep we have to go to the spirit world to to understand the Africanness in who we are this isn't the stuff that's on the surface this is this is your argument can
5: I make a, ask a question you know I I would like to
4: address with with he, what he said beforehand if if we can and and, and I'll make this brief sure I'm I'm, I'm I am confident in myself that I can uh, address this with any scholar on the books. And if, if uh, Dr. Wade Noble disagrees, then we can we can have this discussion, and I'll present the evidence, and he can present his evidence, and then we'll let the people decide. You know, I have no qualms against it. You know, as a matter of fact, before I even published the book, I had to stuff sent to many, many different scholars, including Mr. Malefe Asante. you know, who you quote. He's read the book, gave the book praise. He gave me some pointers before you know I even published it. You know this this isn't you know I just don't write stuff and just you know hope I I I have it scrutinized first and 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 I deal with with a lot of these scholars on a personal level regardless. So uh, but him personally I have not dealt with and I've actually uh, tried to get in contact with him to send him a copy of the book, but I haven't heard back from him. So if you find someone that can get in contact with him and he wants to have this discussion. And you know he understands the merit of what I'm talking about, and I'm I'm all uh, good for it. But I forgot the second aspect of what your original question was. Besides that second half, can you please repeat talking to Brother
2: Kamal? Oh, I ain't even got that down. I, we got. I let that go. Uh, oh, I forgot. But can I'm, I'm
5: sorry. Ask Someone's asking as a listener. Uh, yeah, can you all hear me?
4: Yeah, well,
5: yeah. Oh, it seems like um, there's a, a, you know, as I was listening, I was having a hard time with the idea that you said we are Americans with Africanisms. Because, and then many of the things that you're saying are defending an African, a more common African-centered notion that we need to re-Africanize so it sounds like a in a way an intellectual sleight of hand because it's um it's it's saying with your mouth we are americans on the first note which if we're not going to deal in semantics would mean that the argument against it would be we are african so it becomes semantics if you say we are americans and then you and then you advertise or you sort of are on the same side of the people who would say, no, we're Africans. And then added to it is a bit of confusion, because you're saying, well, you know, these people are saying that we're Africans, but really if you look deeply at their arguments, they're really saying that we're Americans. So if you take Asa Hilliard, for example, who you use as an example, Asa Hilliard has a book called African Power where he says to be African or not to be, so it's I think that if what you're doing is it, – it's hard to figure out if it's one of two things. Is it that you're trying to um, make it more complex so that readers and people who study African-centered science will think deeper about these ideas generally, or are you really in disagreement that we're Africans – because you also then say you're not in disagreement with that, because you say uh, I guess in our blood we're African, but but perhaps, but in our conscious are we consciousness are we or are we not? There's a lot of sort of back and forth. You're bobbing and weaving, and it's creating. You know, I'm getting a little dizzy listening. I've been on since the beginning because I want to see exactly. I want to be clear. You know, if it's just semantics. Then let's not argue semantics. We both, you both agree that we're Africans, and you both agree that we have some Americanisms. If it's more than semantics, then why pose it as on the uh, you know with the with the, the the prefix of the statement being we are Americans? Okay. Do you understand my point?
4: I, I understand your point, and and to in, in short, and, and I'm gonna ask you a question because all I'm gonna do is repeat what I said already. Uh, it is to to bring more clarity, to bring out the contradictions in the statements. Because a lot of what people are trying to say that we're Africans is biological. And you can't make a biological argument. You will lose the biological argument. Because everybody's Ooh. African. You know. You a lot and of and, and
5: a lot of what people A lot are of saying scholars. Is, a lot of scholars a lot of people. Can you name them? Because that works. would be a little bit more. I think it'd be more convincing if you could name those scholars okay, so who are making that guess, biological for argument. Instance,
4: for instance, Dr. Wade Nobles often makes that um, makes that distinction in the in the, in the commercial in which uh, Brother Kamal put together. He quotes Malcolm X. You know, uh, he makes a biological argument, and what I'm arguing is that by biology, you know, that's why I asked him, and he didn't address this. What is
5: the the racial criteria that distinguish races? Maybe a, maybe that's a uh, that's a point you know. of contention because uh, Wade Nobles would never make a biological argument because he's a psychologist. So he would make okay. a psychological that's, argument. Being a being that's that's a mute argument because being a psychologist doesn't mean you can't make a biological argument. It doesn't mean you it's, can't, it's, it's, but he wouldn't do that if he's an if if he okay. is a psychologist and he writes about things like seiku and th- and things about I mean, things having that to, to do with that. the mind. Shekhotsky yes. joke was a physicist, but he made biological arguments.
4: That's, you can, I mean, can you prove it.
5: that uh, you're, 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 what you're saying these things about people. What, what this really amounts to is an accusation, because you can't define biological argument and then put the person in the category after you define it. I mean, we don't you have, have time. to first you define want me biological to send If you want me to send you references, I can do that. We have. Lessons. But what I'm saying is that so, when you make the and, and statement, I, I think let me just just take one more second here. When you make the statement that a person is making a biological argument, and that and then. What you're doing now is you're saying that becomes like one of the major fallacies of some African-centered thinkers. They make a biological argument. However, you have not set it up so that audiences can know what a biological argument is, how it's defined, and how we should be thinking of that. We only have so much time, brother. It's a a major part of your argument. It's a major part of your argument, though.
4: It is not, it, that's a part of this, so much of the argument that I haven't even addressed yet. You know, and and, and, and it's, it's because of the time constraints. For instance,
6: I would we ask you,
4: if I have, have had a, I'll have ask you the question. I'm going to ask you the simple question. I'm going to ask you the simple question. If I have a steering wheel, some brakes, and a back seat, does that make, does that mean that I have a car? You could have, you could have a truck. You could have a semi. No, no, I gave you three specific items. I said you only possess a steering wheel, some brakes, and a back seat. Does that mean you have a car? there are lots of other things you could have besides a car, so I'm oh, not. That's that not much. the question. The question is, can you have a car with a steering wheel? Oh, you could wheel have a car. Yeah, it could be a car. Could be a car. Yeah. Could okay. Be. Um, define a car with just a steering wheel, brakes, and a back seat from the common understanding common? of what a
5: car is and Look, what a not car not gonna, does. I I think what all I mine is a simple proposition. If you're if you're very no, simple. This is, simple. This, is because this is this is you're
4: you're 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 missing my point because you're trying to you're trying to put bits and pieces in it and you're not understanding the argument. I what I'm arguing is exactly and I'm trying to tell you that there's component parts that work in sync with each other that define what a culture is. That's why I quoted Amadou al Ba when he talked about the Fulani, that you can have your speech, your trade, and your genetics. If you lose two of those, you can still function. But once you lose the third, you cease to be your ethnicity. He's he talking about it, so it's incomplete. incomplete. So it's incomplete. It is
5: incomplete. It's not it a is culture. Religion. It's there's not there's a there's ethnicity. Yeah, that, that his topology is incomplete, and it's also not... And it's also nice. and there, it, it, that would just further prove my question because when we're talking
4: about African spirituality, is the majority of African Americans African centered in their spirituality? Do they worship Olo Dumare? Do they know about Kalunga? Do they
5: still say Mulunga
4: when we reference God? See?
5: the fact that you're That's now going down point. that list of things makes it more confusing? Because on the I went down this <laughs> list. On the one hand, you're saying I, I read
4: I quoted these
5: things. That's my whole well, point.
4: I keep repeating myself you, because you, y'all you, missing you point. You're repeating and matter yourself. Fact, is why this is why I wrote down.
0: I wish you would have called it a little earlier,
5: um,
0: yeah. caller. You make some you make some uh, great questions. I wish you would have you know called a little earlier I'm
5: sorry. Of I, I was actually, we were we were having dinner. But I have but I'm sorry. And I'll be really brief, and then I'm going to actually just sit back and listen. I just want to make one more. One, my point to sorry is that I've heard several different layers. The layers that you're presenting are one that seems to critique the the majority of African-centered ideologists, but then at the same time you sort of agree with them. Then it seems as though you sort of are presenting that the problem that what they're saying is that they present a biological argument, yet you've not really laid out what that really means in the context of this conversation. And then then when someone comes and says, well, uh you know like the the caller earlier said i think you two brothers agree